on, everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Buddy's House of Horror podcast. It's been a hell of a run, you guys, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in over the past year, and thanks to all the amazing guests I've been able to collaborate with during season three. Jenna Kramer, Tony Massiello, Dynamite Jared even made an appearance this year. Just all you guys, just thank you so much. Of course, if you're listening to the show for the first time, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this on. And if whatever you're listening to this on lets you leave a rating and a review, make sure you go ahead and do that. It really helps the show out a lot. And if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe over on the YouTube channel, where not only do I post these podcasts, but I also have full-length videos that come out, especially in October. There's a ton of videos that come out in October, and you definitely don't want to miss it. And yeah, as I said, this is the season finale. Season 4 will be premiering this October, and I really wanted to go out with a bang this year, and trust me, we've got a hell of an episode to end this season on. You've read the title, so you obviously know this is the top 10 horror sequels of all time. And of course, with an episode this big, I couldn't possibly do it alone. So I had to get fan favorite guest Midnight Miles Android, the Midnight Mandroid, back on the show to really make sure we end things on a high note. And I think that we did. I think we really ended on a really amazing episode for you guys. And now with an episode this huge and epic, it couldn't possibly be contained in just one podcast. What? That's right, this season finale is going to be a two-parter. The first part is airing today, obviously, and it will conclude in the next episode. So basically, both of these together are going to be the season finale. Today, you're going to get picks 10 through 6, and in the following episode, it's going to be picks 5 through number 1. And we split it up mainly because we had so much to say and had so many great conversations, we actually ended up recording for over four hours, which I felt was a bit long for just a single podcast. I'm not Jim Cornette or anything. So I felt the best thing to do was just split it up into two episodes so yes this is part one and part two will be coming soon so you're gonna want to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and again this is a great episode so i'm just gonna wrap up this intro and get right to it so here it is the top 10 horror sequels part one now let's get spooky Alright, well, as the illustrious Stone Cold Steve Austin says, we're rolling sound here. It's been a while, my man. It's been a while. It's been, uh, it's been a little bit, yeah. For a house of horror. Obviously, I am your host, buddy, and we've got the co-host for some of these episodes, your boy. Midnight Miles, back again, probably sounding better than on some podcasts I've been on. I'll, I'll say that. It's been a... I don't know how you guys can stand and listen to me sometimes if you if you check out any of the other podcasts I'm on because I uh, sometimes I get a little too loose before I do these. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you're good. We're recording this at a slightly decent hour. We've got we've got some coffee here actually. Actually, yeah, I had yeah. a rough rough day so far, but yeah, 8 p.m. That is that for for us recording a podcast. That's uh, quite good. Yeah, that's a very reasonable hour. Usually, it's between the 10:30 and 11:30 time that we start. We started that one. The last one I did with you guys, you and uh, you and your boy Jared, or my boy Jared too, but uh, yeah, like nine fifty-five maybe. But it it was over two hours, right? And then it keeps going for a while. Yeah, you know how it goes when we get together. And at the time of recording this, because it's been a while since we've done a House of Horror together, I think like it was just a couple days ago. It was two hundred days until Halloween. 
So uh-huh. I think right now it's like 197. Oh, maybe. so we're breaking kayfabe right now. We're breaking kayfabe a little oh, bit, but all right, it all man. adds to the all adds to the appeal, man. It, it, you know, yeah, we we're recording this a little early, but uh, because this will be in October, Ron, right? I was gonna leave it up to you, and we can talk about this a little bit because this can either be the season finale of this season, which I would be cool with, but. If we do that, we need another episode similar to this to go into October. Yeah, I so think we have time to do that, aren't we? Doing well, we do. We'll, we'll talk about another series, right? I'm not going to say the name, but we're ranking a series for October, right? We're ranking a series. There's okay. going to be an underrated film, and if we release this during this season, we'll need another top ten of some sort. We could probably but, do another. Look, we have 200 days roughly. Right. So if you're listening to this in <clears throat> late May or June. Welcome to the season finale. If you're listening to this in October, then, you know, happy Halloween. <laughs> hope all you had guys. a great summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, I hope you're starting to have a great summer, or you're about to. Yeah. So, yeah, we're double fisting. Well, you got a water and a coffee. I've got water, coffee, and what is that? I don't know if this beer is... Be- wolf. Beer wolf. I don't know if this is any good. Have you had this I've before? Had, I had it before when it came out last year for the first time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I figured it was appropriate. I mean, we're House of Horrors. That's, that's a hard cover. It's got honestly. a werewolf on it. Not the, uh, There may or may not be werewolves on my list, but I don't want to give anything mm. away. But mm. may or may not, most likely not. But <laughs> <laughs> Me, as much as I love werewolves, uh, I'll spoiler alert. I better look at my own list to make sure I'm not stupid, but... uh. Old, old pen and paper, you know what I mean? I'm old school, man. Yeah. Nope, I can safely say there are no werewolves on this list, which is very, very sad. Should we do some Should we do some honorable mentions real quick? Should we get started? Well, be- you want to be- talk about something first? Before we get into the honorable mentions, because I have a few things to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, but I guess the first thing, just as sort of like, I don't want to say like ground rules, but like, what in your eyes like makes a good horror? This is this is the top ten horror sequels, by the way. I don't think we said that. No, we didn't. But what? Uh, I was very excited to do this one. This was yeah. very, very hard for me because I did a top ten horror sequels list years ago, and I don't know where it is. It's pretty much the same, but I feel like in my brain I'm missing like one or two. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. We'll Randy, talk about. You go, ahead, you go ahead. But what in your mind? I guess when you were compiling this list, like, what makes a good horror sequel? So, to me, when you're having a good horror sequel, you gotta look, you take, you look at the first film, what made the first film resonate with people, I don't wanna say made it successful, because it doesn't have to be about that, but what made people care, or like I said, resonate with the film, um... Are you being true to the characters, maybe, that you, the, the, the mythology that you've created? Right. Um, and, and let's be honest, especially as Americans, probably most of these will be American films, uh, we want them bigger, badder, stronger, faster, everything. When you're going to do a sequel, you want to raise the bar a little bit. Even, even though most of the time, I don't want to say most of the time, because I'm, I'm a sucker for sequels, probably why I wanted to do this list, but... A lot of times, with most people, the originals are always the best. Right. But I feel like in a lot of these the films, I would say about like four or five of mine, I definitely think are either on point with the original or better. So the way that mine kind of breaks down 
is like the first couple on the list like are not as good as the original. It doesn't mean they're right. not a good sequel, right. they're just not as good as the right, original. Right. I agree with that. Like the middle yeah. films in my list, they're you can probably say like they're on par with the original. Some would argue they're a little better, some a little worse. But then the top few on my list, I think, are definitively like better than the original film. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how I did mine, and that's how I did the ranking. Because these aren't necessarily compared, I guess, against each other. The way I did it, I did it how good of a sequel they are. Okay. I guess. So I don't know. My list is a little bit funky, but I did it that way on purpose just because I mean, like the last one, obviously we were talking about all the Halloween films. So there was a lot of overlap, obviously, because right. there were only 10 films to choose from. Right. So for mine, I made a few exclusions and I did some things that I know for sure are not going to be on yours just because I figured to give us more shit to talk about. You know, right. Right. So. I figured at least half over half our list would probably be different anyways. I just assume. Probably. It would be strange if they, if they weren't. But I'm sure there'll probably be a little overlap. We'll see, though. I don't. We don't know at all what either of us picked. Right. Yeah, we no, have we, no clue. I gave one. I gave one. There was kind of like one clue, but like that was that was it. But we watched one together. We did. Um, which was nice because... Actually, the last time I watched that was with your co-host, Jared Latchy. Yeah, many, many, so many, many moons ago. Many <laughs> moons ago. But even he really liked that one. And I, you know, it took him... It was a series... I'm not going to spoil it now. We'll talk about it later. But it's a series that it took him basically his entire adult life to watch. I don't know how he avoided it right. for so many years. Was he thought it was overrated for a long he did. time. And, and then he uh, then he, he wisened up. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes the sequel will do the same thing as the original and succeed. Sometimes it's on par. Sometimes it, sur- it surpasses. Sometimes the film tries to do like something like so different that... It's hard to really compare it to the original, and sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, but it's I, just like... I like... A problem with a lot of sequels nowadays is sometimes, like, because of worried about box office, worried about this, especially if they're a bigger film, I feel like they tend to tread too safely towards the original source material. Right. Because they're, like, worried. They're like, oh, we can't lose this, we can't, you know, put $100 million into this, we can't do that. Where, like, if you look at, like, 70s and 80s sequels... They give money to some of these, <laughs> excuse me, these these auteurs that would just be like, "I'm going to make something <laughs> insane," or right. like, "What if we had a zombie baby version of something from the first, You know, and right. you're just like, "How did this even get greenlit?" Right. But I'll give it to people back in the day; they were throwing everything at the wall to, and and some of these sequels to see what would stick and what wouldn't. You know, I, I like I like watching a lot of sequels from those eras, even if they're not the best, because they're creative as hell. Yeah. They just really are. Exactly. Um, And yeah, and there's going to be a lot of different types of horror on both of our lists, I'm assuming, um, because I like a lot of different films. Um, And yeah, I don't know what else to say for like an intro. Of of course, this list is limited to films that we have actually seen. Correct. So if there's stuff that like we're missing, let us know on Twitter, in the comments, or wherever what we should check out because yeah if, if we haven't seen it it's obviously not going to be on the list i'm not going to bullshit you and put some no, film that i like no, never no, seen no, no. on this the is, list this mine because you're talking about how yours was kind of compiled briefly mine mine was uh, if i think it's actually a good film like i think it's actually a good sequel i think it adds to the canon adds to the source material complements it but then also there's a big heavy dose of favoritism that i just really fucking like the films right so uh, you know these are our opinions. Fuck you if you don't like them. We love these films. Uh, 
But I'm I'm sure Buddy's list is going to be very good. Obviously, I think my own list is very good. So I hope you guys, if you haven't seen some of these, will check them out because they're a lot of fun. I can say that at least. So how many films on your list do you think that I probably haven't seen? Come on, I got my little paper. I'm hiding, paper. I'm hiding. Because I know, I know for sure there's probably at least... I can guarantee two of the films on my list you've never seen. Or if you have, it's not something you've watched or, like, super familiar with. I feel like you've seen you've seen probably almost my entire list, to be honest. I yeah. would say maybe, like, one or two max. Yeah. I feel like all of these, like... It's like, hey, I feel like my list isn't overly obscure. Which it doesn't have to be, because they're mine. But I feel like... And, I mean, this is just a shit that I love. Especially, right. like, some of these, <laughs> some of these sequels... A couple of them. I saw before the originals. Right. So I have like a stronger bond right. with these sequels and some of the originals. Even though obviously most of these, as you'll find out, these series, obviously the originals fucking rip too. So Right. Um, so I actually reached out to the fan base um, before we get started with our picks. I reached out to put up a poll and everything to say, what's your favorite horror sequel and why? Um, so we got a few submissions. Um, All right. Because most of the, I don't, none of the ones that were, well, okay, one of the ones that was submitted is on one of our lists, I'm sure. But I don't think these other ones maybe would have made our list. Um, so Halloween three, Alex Pryor, his favorite horror sequel. Okay. Um, he felt very heartbroken with us last year when it wasn't included in our list, but I, I, we, we said sure the I rules. Said, I'm pretty sure even I said that I was a little torn. It wasn't on there, but. I understood why we did what we did. Right. Um, so Roger Connors, the scream queer of Cleveland. I don't know if you're familiar with him and his films. His favorite sequel is Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, which has been on my... Prom, it's prom been, Night 2 is great. It's been I, on my watch list forever. That's great. I didn't even... It's not that I didn't think about it, but like... I, well, we talked about this briefly, but I told you before we started this podcast... My number 10 slot was like a rotation of like <laughs> five to six films. A couple of them I could I was trying to find like, oh, do I have this on VHS still? Or, you know, I'm trying to like figure out if I can watch this. Right. A couple of them I went on different streaming things to try to find the films. Just Right. I mean, I probably could have rented it for fucking $12 off something. But I'm <laughs> right. like, at that point, I'm like, why don't I just like find a way to buy it? Like, Yeah, exactly. I was like not trying to go out of my way hard to find something, but... I really struggled with my, you know, that last part. But anyways, but Mary, you need to see that. It's yeah. really, really good. He says it's really good. He says it's fucking absurd in the best way possible. It's very That's absurd. That's all he said. If I remember right, there's a, a horse, like there's like a, like a rocking chair or like a rocking, like uh, something or just a rocking horse. And I think it comes to life in it. And it's eyes are glowing red and it's doing like that. That's what I remember from that. There's a lot of right. like, uh, very like, um, Almost like trippy, fantasy, dreamy stuff. Almost like, obviously, it's probably some Nightmare on Elm Street influence as the thing went on. Right. Kind of that. But it's way different than the original Prom Night. And I love the original Prom Night. Yeah. Um, Sean Manos, he submitted Bride of Frankenstein. Definitely a superior film to the original. It did not make my list. Did not make mine. um, Incredible imagery. Of course, the bride herself is a horror icon. Icon, yeah. yeah. It's It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, Sophie, uh, Final Girl Sophie on TikTok and Twitter and all that, she put Creep 2, um, because it, oh, it, it lets the killer be completely unhinged since the audience is in on it now. That is, is she a, says. that is a great sequel. Have you seen the Creep series? <laughs> yeah, Jared and I reviewed <clears throat> Creep 1 and 2 last year on the show. Okay. As part of the Two Nerds Halloween Havoc special. 
So maybe I listened to part of that. I think maybe I did. Uh, we were your top listen to podcast <laughs> you last were. year, if allegedly. Not, I wish I should have screenshotted that. <laughs> but uh, I do listen. To, I listen to all these sometimes. But I'm I'm bad. I'm on these freaking podcasts, and I, it's because I listen to so much stuff at work. I'm listening to like music, 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 like. My Spotify, I'm not going to get too off topic here. My Spotify this year said I listened to, I had to look up the equivalent of how many. In 2020, I listened to three and a half months of music. That's crazy. That's how many minutes it was. I looked, yeah. I was like, oh my God. But I listen to music sometimes for 10 hours at work. Right, yeah, if you're so there all just day. Like, it's easier for me if I'm if I'm in a, like, because I have to stay fo- so focused because I'm constantly multitasking, thinking about things. If I stay with like music, so it's like in my head, I'm like in the zone, in the zone. Where if it takes a podcast, it almost takes me out of my element a little bit. Right, now, yeah, I, I can a, understand that, yeah. If I have a slower day, I'll put on a podcast or something. Yeah. And then Jared, of course, okay. he submitted Psycho 2. And the less less said about that, the better. Oh, <laughs> but God. we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> All right. You got any honorable mentions before we get into our list? Because I have ten honorable mentions. Ten honorable I'm mentions. just gonna roll through them real fast. I'll like try to make my shit brief. But go ahead. Um, I've, been, I've been talking a lot, so <laughs> buddy's winded already. He's like, holy shit. I hear me. If anyone hears me cough a little bit, this is because <laughs> it's like just I didn't even mean to as I do right there. <laughs> I had COVID a couple or about a month ago now. I guess we both did. I, we're, the, we're the COVID bros now, yeah. but uh, buddies seem to be okay. The young, the young stallion over yeah. here, and uh, <laughs> me, I'm a few years older, but I got that like a light smoker's cough now. So don't mind me, audience. We're we're still alive. We made it through, and we're all we're all vaxxed now and shit. Yeah, we're all fully vaxxed. Everything's good to go. So. Um, honorable mentions. I'll start off with this. So when I put my list together, I think I was a little bit more critical with if things crossed into a lot of genres i didn't put them on the list right like in regards to i think we briefly touched on this if it's more sci-fi or more action than horror but it's still like sci-fi horror action horror whatever i kind of excluded it right because, yeah i can understand because honestly like okay i think aliens is one of the best sequels of all time yeah but it's it's a fucking action movie with horror imagery yeah, I mean it's exactly. an action. It's an action. It's an action it's, movie. I mean, yeah. let's, it's not. Let's not beat around. If it if Aliens was like Alien, I feel like I probably could have included it. Right, but it's definitely more the actiony stuff than it is the horror. I thought, for sure. I thought about putting Gremlins two on. Yeah, but then I'm like, God, it's it's just a comedy creature movie, you know? Like I really tried to sit there and be like, so. Gremlins 2 is also one of my honorable mentions. Oh, wow. As well as Aliens. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's in my honorable mentions under the category good sequels, but not exactly horror. Because, I mean, like Gremlins 2, I mean, yeah, it's a horror film, sort of. Sort of like the first one's a horror film. I mean, it's a horror film, but it's also a comedy and a Christmas movie. Yeah. I mean, like... I mean, it's hard to take, because it does have horrifying moments here and there, but I mean, you've got Hulk Hogan yelling at the screen, you've got, I don't know, you've got like the punk rock gremlins, the bat gremlins, like there's like, it's too, it leans too much into the comedy, I feel. It's very, to me, when I really think of it, it's it's very comedy. Like maybe it was, could be like the, like gateway horror films for like kids. Right. Probably, you know, part of what they were going after. Oh man, I just thought of a great, <laughs> great one. This is gonna get a lot of shit, so I'm gonna throw this one on there real quick. Go ahead. Um, a film that I like, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't know if you've ever seen it, 
that's definitely more of a comedy, but it's more of just a bad film. But it's amazing. Troll 2. Troll 2, yeah. Troll, <laughs> I didn't even consider Troll that. Troll yeah. 2. Didn't even consider Troll it. Troll 2 yeah. is, is a masterpiece of, of just uh, disastrous proportions, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I could have put that on there. There were a couple... There were a couple others where I was like, uh, like, Dario Argento has like some trilogies and stuff, but they're all right, like Inferno and yeah, like, there's like lo- they're like loose sequels yeah. though, but like yeah, well because like well at least with the Three Mothers trilogy, they're all focused on one mother per film in the books and stuff like or you know the the books that talk about the mothers in the film. So yes, Inferno's a sequel to Suspiria, but. Feel like they're so far off almost that I was just like, eh, I can't, I can't. Uh, I it's can't. also like a self-contained thing. Like I feel like you could watch that and not even know it's a sequel. You know, it's true. Like, yeah. so that's that's one of the things that I had to like shy away from. That, <sighs> like I said, my, I'm gonna keep. I'm trying to wrap this up here, but my my ten spot was rotating. So right, uh, twenty eight weeks later, it's another one that, that I really love. That, that film it came out a week before I graduated high school. I remember <laughs> getting out of school like ten forty-five, which was what I used to when I was a senior, and rushed to the theater. And the, for the first showing, it was like eleven fifty-five or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just remember me sitting there and some fucking just giant man, like in the back, like in the side, whatever. And I just remember like, you know, I was just like staring at it. And it's just such a wild. I don't know if you like the twenty-eight days later. Twenty. I saw. Later. I haven't seen twenty-eight weeks. I've seen twenty-eight days. Maybe I'll bring but it yeah. over a while because I was gonna watch that before we did this because I was really thinking that was gonna be my number ten. Yeah. But then I looked through my films and I really thought about it one more time. I was like, like, I don't know if this makes the cut. I want to go back. I have the whole Saw series now. I want to go back and watch some of those because I was really high on a couple of those sequels when, like, we were younger. But, like, the only only Saw I've really rewatched in a long time, I've rewatched the first one a few times, but I haven't really gone back and done all the sequels. Uh, I know Saw 5 will not be anywhere near (laughs) my my favorite because Saw 5 is just a really bad episode of a police drama. I was uh, I was looking at your letterbox the other day and I saw Saw Five like at like one star or something. I was like, nice. Did I lower? Did I do that low? That's one of my lowest it was, rated. It was, it was something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it, that was the tagline where they're like, "You'll never believe how it ends," and then it literally ends exactly. How it's, you... There was no twist in that one. It's the only one that there's not one. There's no twist. It's just like, okay, cool. He gets killed. He's yeah. dead. There's, you can't make it out. It's done. Yeah. I haven't rewatched most of those in a while, at least not since Letterboxd. Like, I don't have all of them rated or anything. Um, but just to blow through the rest of my honorable mentions it, real fast. So good sequels that are not exactly horror. I already mentioned Aliens, Gremlins 2, and then a couple others. Waxwork 2. Very good film. Waxwork 2 once, and to be honest, I can... Song I can barely remember. I need to it's, rewatch it's that. It's basically it's like an action sci-fi comedy because they're like going back in time and doing right. this and that. It's I remember it being a ton of fun, but I even remember at the time I was like, this is not like a horror film at yeah, all. Right, right, right. Um, Blade Two as well. Oh, all right, horror all right. stuff. I yeah, love yeah, vampires yeah. and all that, but like again, it's I mean it's a comic book movie. It's not really a horror film. It's more actiony. And then Godzilla versus King Ghidorah from the '90s. Obviously, not a horror film, but a monster right. movie. Um, these two barely missed the list. So this is my sixth and seventh honorable mention. Barely missed the list. Okay. Bride of Reanimator. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Miles may have something to say about that. No, later. That's, that's 
You don't think I like Brighter Gamma? No, I'm saying you might have something to say about it oh, later. Oh, okay. All right. right? We'll, we'll or see. do you not? Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> spoiler, I didn't put it on my list. All right, it's not on Miles' list either. But, but it's a great film. Everyone should watch it. Exorcist 3. Honorable mention. Okay. And these next three, so this rounds out my 10 honorable mentions, I cut these just for the sake of variety. And I wanted to have a little extra challenge for my list, so I cut out the big three. There's no Halloween, there's no Nightmare on Elm Street, there's no Friday the 13th on my list. Just, <laughs> j- just, just for the variety. They would obviously be on there. I'm shook. But... You didn't put one. You didn't even put one of any of those three on there. Just for the variety. Just because I figured. Here's the thing. We we're probably gonna pick the same one for a couple of them. So why talk about them twice? Maybe for some of them. One of them. So because I figured we. I talked about Halloween two enough last year. Right. It'd be Halloween two. I would probably pick either New Nightmare or Nightmare on Elm Street three. Didn't you say you really enjoyed two though? After on a rewatch? I enjoyed two a lot better than I the did. Film's way better than most people think it is. To be honest, I. Anyways, we, we might talk about. We that might. Later. We might. Might talk about that later. And then Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is what I would have picked. Four. I love Part Four. Either I, that. Either that or Jason Lives. <laughs> Jason Lives. I, I feel like. Um, the sequels I love in the Friday the Thirteenth series, I love all of them. Let's be honest; they're all they're all they're all fun in their own ways. Um, but I feel like they aren't the ones that a lot of people love, right? Like my my favorite sequels are. Well, maybe we'll talk about it more later. Yeah, let's, let's just let's just, yeah yeah. Let's just get to the list. But first, all right. So the top. 10 horror sequels. You are the guest today, so I will once again let you go first with your number 10 slot. Okay. Um, I am going to pull up. I'll pull a buddy on this. I have my list on paper, but um, I will pull up maybe somewhat as you were as you were doing something. I might pull up some like links or things too, so we can okay. maybe make it a little, little more interesting. Uh, but anyways, I don't think I necessarily need to for this first one. But I'm going to. You put me on the spot now. I didn't. Know. I thought I was actually gonna let you go first. So I'm not gonna let you see this. I mean, I can uh, go first if it's gonna take you a minute. But uh, <clears throat> no, I guess I guess I uh, I guess I got this. All right. Um. So my first is Demons Two. Okay. 1986. I can't show you the whole list. I don't know why I'm opening this. We're so. I just want people to realize how freaking prepared we are. You know, we're like on the phones. Our lists are like this. But buddy, buddy does this professionally, obviously. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I think for some, because some of these I wrote like one sentence, and then other ones I took like a paragraph of notes that like are gonna make no sense whatsoever. So I wish I was prepared, it's fine. As buddy. But uh, but demons too. Um, I, I, you know, I went to school for special effects makeup, as I think maybe it's been mentioned on here on the, you know, obviously. Um, but I got really into Italian horror, um, right after high school. Like I really, like I started reading, I was reading a lot of magazines and stuff at the time. Um, you know, Fangoria, Rue Morgue, um, Horror Hound had just started up, um, which is crazy. It's been that long now. But, um... And I kept reading about Italian directors, and I had read about Suspiria when I was, like, younger, like, 16. Because I've always kind of been digging. Right. You know, mind you, this is all pre-streaming. So people don't realize, pre-streaming and even 
the internet was 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 big, but not. It's not what it is now. Like you can't yeah. like like nowadays. There's all this stuff on Facebook, like these horror groups, and mm-hmm. IMDb's huge now. Letterboxd. I mean, like yeah. this shit didn't exist in like the mid two thousands and all that. I mean, no. you were on like what like Fearnet and stuff. Like yeah, that was your that, that was site. your big yeah. one. Well, because Fearnet, like we've talked about here for Fearnet, which was actually run by Lionsgate. Um, at one point, Fairnet would put up five to six films to stream free on their site a week, but it was mostly a news site, but the quality was good. Like they had a legit player right. because they had a legit backing, you know? Like right. Yeah, yeah. So like there was some, some stuff. That's how I watched stuff for the first time. And it was stuff that wasn't on video. So I remember they would like put news things. Like, oh, this is coming. Like, I remember like night of the creeps is coming. And I'm like, fuck night of the creeps is not anything. You know, I've like heard about it. Right. Sitting in front of the fucking computer like this, like, you know, right. staring at it. But Anyways, read a lot about, um, you know, you start, I started getting into Fulci and I was in there, you know, Argeno was kind of the gateway, stuff like that. And then I hear about, you know, these demons movies are real big special effects, just like right. gross, you know, gross fucking, uh, effects. And I finally was able to see a trailer and I'm like, oh my God, like the first one, I was like, this looks insane, you know, if any of you haven't seen demons or demons too, please see them both. Which I have to. You don't have. I've to never see. seen either of them. No, I'm I have terrible. both of them on video. We could watch them sometime. Uh, actually, I was supposed to watch Demons Two with uh, with the person that I was seeing prior. But we didn't make it that long to watch. <laughs> we it. didn't we make watched, it that long. We watched Demons though, and she loved it. Um, but we didn't make it to Demons Two, which was slightly disappointing. But uh, that's okay. Um, so I've, I watched Demons recently. I wish I would watch Demons Two, but. Uh, for the people who haven't seen Demons, I'll just do it real briefly. Demons is about a film that basically comes to life in a theater and basically creates like almost like an outbreak of these demonic possessed creatures, but they look like a mix between something out of the Evil Dead and and like stuff like that. Except for the gore's even more over the top. Like there's. Right. There's a fucking scene where a guy's riding a motorcycle with a samurai sword cutting cutting demons like <laughs> body parts off through a movie theater, mind you. So because there's there's a dirt bike in the movie theater for a contest. Oh, okay. And there's so, <laughs> as and there there are, just yeah. so happens to be a samurai sword that's supposed to be a decor for something else. Right, like a film prop so or whatever. So as a smart yeah. human being, you get on the dirt bike, you grab the samurai sword, and you start fighting demons. That's a smart character, and, yeah. And it's it's awesome. Um the ending is in the, the whole film is insane. There's a girl that gets cocaine scraped off her titty in one scene while Billy Idol's playing in the background. Uh, it's very eighties, yeah, <laughs> in the best way possible. Demons two, Demons two um, follows it up, and I don't want to spoil Demons one for you. So this is hard. Um, I'm looking over some, you know, we're looking over some notes and shit here. Good old, good old internet, <coughs> but. Demons 2 takes place in, like, a high-rise apartment building, but it is, like, fully, um, like, auto, like, everything. Like, computers run everything. Okay. So, if I remember right, it's... I'm not going to lie to anyone here. I've seen Demons 2 a handful of times, but it's been at least probably five years. I'm I'm guessing around the five-year range since I've seen it last. Right. That doesn't sound like a long time, but it's long When you're watching so much shit. Yeah, you forget shit. So... Basically, the whole place gets infected. It gets shut, shut down, like locked down. But then the demon outbreak starts. So there's all these tenants basically locked in this apartment oh, right. building. Yeah. 
with fucking demons coming everywhere and they have to try to find a way out. That's the gist of demons too. Um, the, probably the most iconic scene that I can think in my head, there's a scene where they get to the downstairs um, parking garage underneath the building and they can't get out, obviously. Right. They're, they're trying to find a way and fuck, demons just come out of everywhere. So many demons. It's a massacre. They're killing demons, killing people. It's just like, I'm, I'm sure shooting that scene was an absolute blast. Yeah, you'd just, have to imagine. It's yeah. so extreme. You're just like yeah. jumping on cars, fighting demons. So many, so much makeup. So many people made up and stuff like that. Um, it just takes... Demons is better than Demons 2. If we're going to do a little... I don't want to do too many comparisons with these sequels. Right. But Demons 2 takes what Demons 1 does and does like... A great sequel, right? It's a different, like, it's a different environment, but it's the same, like, concept, I guess. Basic, basically, both of them are about being locked in, in somewhere when basically like, an outbreak, some sort of crazy demonic outbreak takes place. And right. The, the people, it's almost the same premise, just different. You know, it's like a different coat of paint. Yeah. Because the movie theater, the movie theater, um, gets completely sealed up. By like by so they can't get out of the movie theater either. Right. It's like a giant theater. It's like a huge like old uh, like two floor theater. You know, very traditional. And, yeah. And I I don't know what city it's supposed to be in. Obviously somewhere in Italy. But uh, but yeah. But any kind of like scratch or any kind of thing like that, you start to get. It's almost like like zombies, but you start to get possessed. Yeah. So um. But yeah. So so it's easy to infect. Like just like zombies, like things multiply very quickly. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, but they can survive a lot of damage, which is nice. You know, you get their arms cut off, they get this ripped off, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I really, this is the one that I said I, number 10 was going to be the hardest for me because there were so many I could kind of, I almost Switch wanted to put yeah. Night of the Demons 2 in there because Night of the Demons 2 is fucking amazing. That was one I was trying to find to watch. Yeah couldn't find it anywhere yeah that one i saw jesus christ when i was like a sophomore in high school so that jared watched it together once when we were older and we both fucking loved it yeah fright fright night 2 was close too i've never seen fright night 2 fright night 2 is i think very underrated actually very good film but that was i think the first one's underrated i agree like yeah that was one of my when i was growing up that was like a really early horror film for me that i saw and I loved it because I had everything I loved about horror. Yeah. Vampires, werewolves, fucking, you know, everything. So. Yeah. I know we're getting off. That was kind of like, I was, I was kind of rolling all that into my, into my demons too, because number 10, number 10 was easily the hardest that I had to figure out. Cause it's like that final one. You're like, oh, yeah, you're I like, put so many in here. Like, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? But, um, yeah. Demons too. If you like, if you're a fan of like evil dead, if you're a fan of stuff like that, demons too is. I hate to say it takes it to the next level because the evil dead is obviously insane. Right. But demons, the demon, both demons films are pretty fucking insane to be honest. The shit that they, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but at one point something crawls out of someone's back and runs away laughing. I mean, it's just bat shit. Yeah. So that's my number 10. I don't have a lot more to say about it and I'm going to keep it. I have a little bit, but I'm going to keep it that way because we're going to have to watch it. Yeah. This is one. I If you haven't seen it, I can't go too – because you haven't seen Demons either. So it's right. like I can't explain really – That could be like a good double feature. Like we I, do, I could watch both of them. Again. Like how we Demons do the um, uh, 
how we do the underrated films, how we do, like, the two. That yeah, could yeah. be its whole, like, the Demon series underrated or whatever. Because, I mean, a lot of people have, because obviously I haven't seen them, you know? To be honest, I used to think a lot of people had seen those films. And then, like, when I went to school for special effects and things like that. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I forget how... A lot of the people that I went to school, though, for special effects, though, were the most fucking basic fans. Oh, really? Yeah. Or they were, like, really into, like, more fantasy stuff, too. And I'm just like... Yeah. Uh, I'm like, have you seen this? No. Have you heard of this? No. I was like, yeah. oh. I mean, there's more effects than just horror films. But I mean, but, but I mean, I guess if you're going to Tom Savini's school... I mean, you I would, mean, you know... You would think that maybe... I don't even think some of the people there had ever seen, like, some of the shit he's in, like, Maniac or anything like that. Like, I guess that's... Maniacs, I guess some of these films we're talking about now are pretty underrated nowadays when I really think about it. Yeah, no one talks about Maniac besides us. <laughs> I, think, I think Maniac turns 40 this year. 40 years. I think it's 81, isn't it? Or is it 82? It's 80. It's, yeah, it's 82, I think. Is it 82? I think okay. it's, yeah. It's tough, it's tough to, I just watched it in, in Search of Darkness or whatever when I finally oh, watched nice, that, nice, but nice. I can't remember what year it was. It's definitely, because he did it, yeah, I probably would might have been filmed in 81 because he did Burning. He did the Burning. Right. And I assume he went from the Burning right to Maniac, if I were to remember right. We're just saying, oh, there'll be a little horror history in this. We get a little sidetracked. It's all it's all horror history today, so. Um, 82. Is it 82? He must have did it right. Oh, out. no, hold on. Hold on. What? 1980. I was going to say it was 80 or 81. It's old. Jesus. Like, yeah, so, 80. So Jesus. he did that right after Friday the 13th and probably right in between the Burning. Yeah. Man, Friday the 13th. Legend. Maniac to the Burning. God. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think I think we should we should get on to yours cuz some of these films I am going there's going to be more talk. There's going to be a little yeah. more chatter. Yeah, some of mine are a little bit shorter, but I don't know cuz it just depends. Like the ones that I know that you haven't seen, I took like more notes on. Okay. And the ones that you have seen or the ones I wrote like a couple sentences or one, I just wrote, like, four words on what it was, because I know for sure it's definitely going to be on your list, I would imagine. Okay. But um, for my number 10, we alluded it, alluded to it earlier, um, Jared's pick for his favorite sequel of all time, my number 10 is Psycho 2. Okay. And so, as I said at the beginning of this, my criteria for, like, this bottom part of the list is definitely not as good as the original and a lot of these ones at the bottom part of the list are a lot better than they had any reason to be. Like, Psycho 2. How did this work? How was this a good idea? How did this get greenlit? Like, this was... How many... How many this was, like, a year or two after Hitchcock died. It's yeah, like they were right. waiting for him to die Please. to make this movie. Um, but yeah, like, I don't, like, there's no reason, like, you just say it out loud, Psycho 2, and you're like, this just has to be a joke. Like, right. you know what I mean? Uh, I'm gonna spoil it. I've never seen Psycho 3, 4, and then what was the other one? I still need to see Psycho 3 and 4. Well, there's Psycho 3 and 4, and then there was the Bates ba Motel series. Well, I didn't see Bates Motel, even though it's got that one actress, I think it's fucking so hot in it. Yeah. <laughs> From, uh, the film I just let you guys watch. Me or Earl Me or Dying, Dying Girl, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, Psycho 2, this shouldn't work. Because um, Psycho should have never really been a franchise. Like, no, it was never not, like. No, it was a perfect standalone film, in my opinion. Yeah. But if there was a sequel to follow it up, Psycho 2 is would be a good one. I haven't seen 3 or 4 either. Oh, okay. But Jared says that they're terrible and not even to worry about it. I've read so many. Like, I've read, I've read like, Whorehound did a retrospective on the Psycho series. And that was before I'd seen 2. And. 
I don't know. They really uh, some people love them. Like I from like I've read the I know the synopsis of you know all of them, but um, it's one of those ones. I think I have them all on VHS, and I just haven't popped them in. Yeah, you know, the other ones. I don't know. It's one of those things right. you're, just, you're like, eh, I'll watch it someday. You know, I'll yeah. get to it. But yeah, this was made right in the middle of the '80s slasher craze, which is crazy. So it's it kind of plays like a slasher movie too. Like it's right. really weird. And I mean, I guess Psycho started the slasher kind of thing, basically. But yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just it's one of those films that's like so different from the original, but it still has the main character. Obviously, it's still Norman Bates. Played by Anthony Perkins again. It's awesome. Like, think how many years went by and they got him back. Right. And then the film, I think it's supposed to take place like the same amount of time from the original film. I can't remember. It's something like that. It's definitely close because it takes place like in the 80s. Right. Um, not Jennifer Tilly, but the other Tilly sister is in this and she's very good as well. She kind of plays like Norman's like girlfriend type thing right, in this. Right, right, right. Um, she's very good. Um, there's not too much really to say about it other than the fact that it's just shocking that it works and everything about it works. Jared gave it five stars on Letterboxd. Like he thinks it's like right up there with the original. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> no. like, I think that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> As I'm getting my COVID coughing out and I'm dying. Um, and one thing about the film that's like a pet peeve for me is like the film straight up starts with a recap of the first mm. film and it's like. Why do you need us to? Why do you need to remind us of what we're not watching? It's like I wish I was like even when you're watching Psycho two, you're like, damn, like I wish I was watching Psycho right now. I feel like I feel like maybe they did that because the gap. Like you have to think that well, there are definitely people that probably watched Psycho two as crazy as this is to say and and sound that had not seen Psycho one yet. Possibly there had to be those like girlfriend and boyfriend going on a date to the theater like that night and they're like ah oh, psycho 2 i heard about the first one but i never right. seen it let's just go and i know? guess you also have to think is there's no home video at the time right um or at least none that's accessible i mean this was at the time where most people didn't even own a vcr right. and like you'd have to go and rent a vcr from the video store i don't right. even I, I don't have the year written down on when this came out but i, I think it's so, like mid 80s so yeah, like yeah, yeah. vhs had either just came out or it's like relatively new and if you're gonna go to buy one what you like a VCR was like three hundred dollars yeah, or some shit. Tape, yeah. Some of the tapes, like I remember seeing ads, like old ads for like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which sold a shit ton of videos back in the day. That, that was like one of the biggest horror. Like made a ton of money if I remember right on just video right. sales. But I think they had ads it was like fifty nine ninety nine well, or something for a you know a copy of this. And this is like a little bit of a sidetrack. But like I watched that last blockbuster documentary or whatever. I seen it yet? And they talk about how like back then. Like, they thought that you could charge, like, 70 or or $100 for a VHS because they're like, shit, well, like, you can keep the movie forever. Like, you're going to go pay $10 to see it at the cinema. You could have it at your home for $100. Like, at the right. time, they're like, I mean, they didn't know that that was a horrendous deal, but, like, I don't know. I think just being able to, yeah, being able to own something like that for the first time is, like, or, you know, basically the first time. It's like that, yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, if they, if they watch it 100 times didn't cost them shit or right. you know what i mean yeah. or if they watch it once a year yeah now nowadays we've kind of almost gone back to that because now we'll get off the sidetrack here but you go to rent like i said i go night of the demons too it's like you go to rent something and the rentals now for some of the some of the films are like on amazon or apple or something he's like yeah 899 there's this i'm like i'm like fuck yeah. i can go find a used d if i'm lucky find a used for, DVD, yeah. for that price or whatever like the digital rentals are like people. It's killer, man. People, like it's like four or five bucks. So I mean, people like, complained about blockbusters prices, but like 
It's you had days to watch it. You sometimes a week to watch it, and this you're paying five to eight to ten. Or if you want, even if you own it digitally, if you own it digitally, you're paying fifteen, 15 to twenty sometimes. Right. And, and like the rentals, it's like you, the rentals you have it for forty eight hours. hours usually, yeah, yeah. And it's like once you start it, it's like that. That's it. A lot of the time, right? So I don't know, but yeah, Psycho Two, very good. Um, it has some actually like moments that like make me like cringe, sort of. Like one thing, like whenever it's in a movie, I like wince is when like someone has like their hands like on the knife and it like oh, goes like yeah. that like every oh, time yeah, 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 and. Yeah, yeah. There's a good part where, like, um, a lady's, like, stabbed through the mouth. And, like, it's a good, like, mystery element because people are still like, is it Norman or is it not yeah, right, Norman? Right, 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 right. Or is he cured or is he not cured? And then, I don't know, I remember, like, some, there's, like, a religious element to it. Like, like he works at, like, this, like, diner or whatever. And mm-hmm. the owners are, like, real, like, fucked up. And, like, they try to mess with him and shit. Like, they'll put, like, fake notes on the, because he's, like, a cook or whatever right, right, they'll right. put fake notes on the little rotating thing that's like mother says blah 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 to like fuck with him and shit so i don't know it's just a good film i would definitely recommend it um watch psycho yeah. obviously if you haven't seen it yeah obviously watch psycho if you're gonna watch one watch psycho we're doing a but- sequels <laughs> thing we're like you know it'd be better if you just watch all the fucking originals of these yeah. instead but uh as we're ending that up, though, Psycho, the first time I ever saw Psycho, I'm not going to say too much in this, but that was actually one of the few films to make me uh, jump a couple times. I didn't see Psycho till I was a little bit older, and I actually got to see it in the theater. Oh, that's, that's and, amazing. And I was like, and I remember the scene in the theater when he rolls around the doorway and shot down. Oh, yeah. That, it was so, it happened so quick. Normally, I'm, I, I really don't get do jump scares. I don't get, like, nothing. I just like the stories in the films but like that when he when he rolled around it was so fluted like something about my body i was like it like shocked me you know right and i remember being that was like one of the first times i've been shocked by anything in a long time i was like wow you know like that yeah man this shit fucking master of suspense up, my dude. man and i've watched a lot of hitchcock since actually i have a few at home i need to watch but anyways let's um we're, we're i'm getting a little sidetracked so is it should it's, i uh should I do my number nine i guess it's your number nine yeah well, we kind of talked about this earlier, and I, I had a feeling that you kind of knew that, that that's that's what you put it there. But the film that we watched together recently, The Exorcist Part 3. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Exorcist Part 3. I was trying to think. I was like, I was like oh, uh, fuck, what, what's the – well, they called it – the book was called Legion, but I guess they don't – they actually don't call it that. They just call it Exorcist 3. It's Exorcist – there is a subtitle that's to it. That's what I thought there was. I can look it up while you say some stuff. Um – I watched this for the first time, I think, like, I made a fucking Facebook status about it, and I don't even fucking do that. It's like an end-of-the-year thing that I liked. Uh, me and Jared watched The Exorcist 3 together, and we were both surprised at how good it was. But it was hard for me to remember certain parts of it. I remember the main parts. I guess it, we watched it, too, so... Right, we watched this one together in preparation for this list because we were like, "Shit, it's been so long since either of us have seen it." Had you had you seen it? Oh, you said you saw it. Before. I saw it like many years ago. Okay, um, and I can't. Uh, it doesn't say the subtitle. I thought there was a subtitle. Um, Exorcist Three though was basically the film that was supposed to re, you know, kind of rewrite the the whole, you know, after Exorcist Two debacle, which right. I did rewatch the Exorcist Two for only the second time in my life. Uh sometime in the winter and because I have the full extras box set like of, of right. all of them um, and 
Exorcist 2, it's just a weird fucking film. Right. Yeah, it's definitely like a weird, like, art house kind of thing. Like, it's not like... I talked about it with you after I watched it. I had to look up how old Linda Blair was. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many scenes where she's fucking... It's just her nipples and her tits, and I'm just like, my God. Like, and (laughs) you you could tell. They shot it from an angle and things. I'm just like... Yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Total, you know, total 70s uh, art house shit right there. But, um... Exorcist 3, trying to right the wrongs that, uh, with Exorcist 2. I'm actually going to get my phone, because I'm going to do another thing with the Exorcist I'm actually going to letterbox for this. We're just, we're, we're so professionals with this. But, uh, yeah. Exorcist 3 starts off a little slower than I remember. You can definitely tell, because William Peter Blatty directed this. Right. And he yeah. also wrote the book. So yeah. you can tell that, like, the dialogue is very, like, an author tried to, you know. Yeah, you can definitely tell when it is an author doing a film because the dialogue is how it would be written, written in a, in a book. book. It's exactly. not how it's people not... actually talk. And because I remember your wife was watching it and she's like, I, like, I'm pretty sure I remember saying, like, oh, I can't follow, I'm like struggling to follow this or like, what the fuck? Because like the way that the detective and the priest were talking was just like, it was almost like a, a war of words, like a pissing contest between them. Yeah. Like the way they were structuring sentences and doing things. Yeah. And like I get that, but like I'm like, wow, this is like I'm following this, but if you were Joe Schmo at the theater on a Friday going to see this, I feel like <laughs> right. maybe you would be a little turned off. Right. By uh by that. But what what okay, what's some, what are some of your thoughts before I die? I mean they I mean both the actors pull it off and I mean like the priest and George C. Scott's character, they pull it off. I mean, a lot of times, like, I remember sitting there just like, are they supposed to be best friends or what? Because they're like, I don't, like, the way they were just, like, talking, like, as you said, it was like a war of words, but then, like, it's, it's almost revealed. like a one-upsmanship, one like, almost like, eh, who's going to get the win today on this? Right. The win in this but then it's, like, revealed that, like, they've been best friends for, like, ever or whatever, and then, of <laughs> course, Brad Dourif is great. Um, the guy that The guy that played... Damien from the first film is in this as well. They both play the Gemini killer. It's like a split personality kind of scenario, and it actually switches actors when he's doing it. Um, it's just really good shit, and Brad Dourif's underrated, too. Seriously, but his, like, his, some of his, uh, as we were watching this, I was like, damn, for like a band or something, there's a couple like, the but lines, there's, there's good, sound clips, like there's super good. good hard sound clips in this. Uh, but the there, there's not enough... It's crazy because the last 25 minutes, it goes balls to the fucking wall. Yeah. Like all sorts of weird shit happens. Obviously, the huge, uh, crazy ending when they're, you know, trying to perform, not, not, almost not really perform an exorcism. Like, they try a little bit, but almost just like the war of words between, you know, well, the priest goes, he gets all, I don't want to, right. spoiler. Yeah. There's going to be some spoilers in these guys. We haven't said that yet, but you should figure the priest basically gets thrown up against the wall and his skin like melted yeah. to it and all this shit. Um, the cop comes in and it's kind of like them going back and forth, them going back and forth. Uh, it's a really cool story that he yeah. jumped in that the you know that the Gemini killer jumped in to his body. You know, uh, Father Carus's yeah, the priest yeah <laughs> his body at the end of the Exorcist. Really wild story when you think about it, like how like. Insane that is. Because, like, you thought at the end of The Exorcist that, like, he was possessed by Pazuzu or whatever, and he was like, oh, yeah, he killed the demon or whatever, but it was actually this Gemini killer in it. He's been in prison, like, this whole time, like, freaking out. Well, it was like a mental hospital. It wasn't a prison. Right. But It's been in isolation for fucking... However many years it was. Um, 
of course, it has one of the most classic jump scares of all time yeah. in the film, which I didn't get the full effect of it because I knew it was coming. That's like the entire it time. It was not that, that I was waiting for it. We kept waiting for it. We hyped it up to Emily. we were hyping it up and then when it happened we were all just sitting there just like straight face we were like yep there it was like none of us it didn't get any of us because we knew exactly when it was gonna be yeah but it's it, fuck it's insane uh if you've seen it you know what we're talking about uh don't look it up if you haven't seen it yeah we won't the spoil film. the jump scare for you here there's but. there's the one scene that i will spoil when <laughs> When, so the Gemini killer can go into other people's bodies at some point, and like he possesses the uh, the people that are basically starting to like lose, you know, their faculties, like their minds, like in the like the people that are actually not in um, solitary in like the the hospital, right. part of the hospital. Yeah. So he possesses that old woman who takes the nurse's uniform. Yeah. And there's that great scene with the ominous music, and she's holding the she you know she's holding the bag, and she's riding to the uh, you know riding over to the police officer's family's house. Yeah. <laughs> and the police officer's trying to find out. There's that crazy scene where he's freaking out. They steal a, a, you know, take a police car and they're racing all through downtown Washington, D.C. And then they just cuts back to that woman. She's just like ominous music holding the bag. And I'm just like, man, what a great, it's just like so chaotic back and forth. They get to the house and he gets there, him and the cop and the old woman's inside, you know, cause they're like, oh, the Gemini killer is going to come kill my family essentially. Right. And spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But, then they're sitting there and like the woman basically she asks for something like basically breaks almost like acts like she's not possessed like he basically unpossesses her leaves her body whatever and then spoiler she pulls out the massive fucking what are, what are those even for they're like giant shears but they're for cutting bone probably cutting body right. parts right yeah. like some kind of medical <laughs> it has the hardest shot of all time and it's <laughs> literally almost around the daughter's neck like it's so the blades are so close I'm like wow it's a crazy scene and it was still moving yeah and the old ass grandmother who I think at the beginning of the film is a racist right I think there's something a, like some, that she's, yeah. she's not crazy I think she says something against Jewish people or something fucking I was like oh wow and she just happens to grab the daughter or granddaughter, pull her out, pull her out of there like lightning speed before she gets her whole entire head cut off in front of her whole family. And then the woman's just, if I remember, she's just screaming with the fucking shears, right? Yeah. I was flexing the entire time. It was <laughs> like it was absurd. <laughs> and two seconds before that, some of the these they possessed a few other people. They're crawling on the walls and or the ceilings and shit. Yeah. It just all of a sudden it goes. Eh, we got about a half hour left of the movie. Let's hit the fucking insanity switch. And then it's like, boom, 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 right. boom. And that's one of the, well, the two reasons I left it off on my list was one, I had asked you about it and you told me you were putting it on yours. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll that leave was, it. I'll, that was the only one that we knew. Yeah. That, you know. So I was like, I'll leave it an honorable mention, but it would have been in the nine to 10 range on mine anyway. And the two, and the second reason, which is what you just mentioned is it's very like unbalanced. It I is. guess it. It's one of those things, the good outweighs the bad for me. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it's, it's fucking, the, the scenes that go off go way off, like are really good. And I don't know if it's because it was 1990 when this came out and the MPA was kind of, you know, been destroying films. Horror, it was kind of slowly starting to get almost, you know, another year it was going to get to that dark phase where there really was about three to four years where not much was coming out. Right. Or a lot of it would be like, full moon stuff or rare straight to video stuff like that like it really the well, big this, is, boom this isn't really like it's not really like gory 
but it's just like a lot of it's like shocking and like crazy. So like yeah. there's not really much the like what are you gonna cut it out for because it's crazy. Like it's not like it's anything. Like, I think the gory. There's a little gore at the end when the priest's face gets like melted off or like you see like ripped flesh and shit like that. Yeah. They had to throw a little in there for us. But, but the stuff with the scissors, like there's no blood. There's no, no yeah. But yeah, just creepy. There's a good good vibe, good atmosphere. I think maybe tonally because they were because the book from what I've heard is a little bit more of a straightforward serial killer cop type thing that I think that they were trying, you know, to you obviously use the exorcist name. So they were trying to like tack on because I'm pretty sure if I remember right, the whole end of that movie was completely tacked on at the studio's request because initially it was supposed to be a much different film. But then they're like, no, we need to have basically like an yeah, exorcist thing. And they had to rewrite things and stuff like that, which I'm very surprised because William Peter Blythe directed it. I'm surprised he was okay with doing all of that. Right, yeah, because writers are very protective of their work. Yeah, so, but maybe, you know, he, he probably was like, well, I know I can do something better than a fucking exorcist too, so. Or maybe they're like, hey, if, I mean, if you do it the way you shoot it, the film's going to make X amount of dollars. If you have this crazy ending, word's going to spread and you're going to make like... Yeah. So much more. And he was like, well, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I definitely think I haven't read the book, which was, that's why I asked if there was the, the sub, you know, the subtitle because it was Legion is what it was uh, called. The book was called, book wasn't called Exorcist at all. It was just called Legion. Okay. So, um, but that's why I asked about the subtitle. But I think that I don't, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really know how successful this one was in the box office because I guess it came out a weird time kind of. Yeah. But it has a pretty big cult following nowadays. Like I see yeah. a lot of people really like it. And and for, for good reason. I mean, I think they could have sprinkled probably in like the middle part of it a little more horror. Because I think it becomes very much a detective kind of film. So it's slow. It's going to be rough for some some people, I feel like. But I think overall it holds up real well. Right. I was going to say one thing before you get off this. The one that I almost – this is like an honorable mention for this number – because I told you that I would watch some of the other Exorcist sequels. Exorcist The Beginning, okay. I watched. And I almost, I wanted to rewatch it again because I almost could have put it on this. Because Exorcist The Beginning was one of the most shocking films I watched in a long time. Uh, like, I didn't expect it to be what it was. Right. It's shot by one of the, by Rennie Harlan, who did, I think he did, Le- let me look at his thing. I think he did Lethal Weapon. He did Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which I love. He did Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea. He did Die Hard too. <laughs> so he he decides mostly action films. He decides yeah. to, to direct uh, Exorcist Four. He did Twelve Rounds. Isn't that with John Cena? John Cena. Yeah. Oh my God! What a career this guy's had. Uh, but he's like, ah, I'm gonna do Exorcist the beginning, and I put it in. This I watched this like probably like this like maybe like this November December, and I was just like shocked by like <laughs> there's a like crazy imagery of like uh people being hung on crosses and insane amounts of gore and like the whole ending is just batshit fucking crazy and like this came out in 2004 in theaters and i'm watching this i'm like how yeah i was like literally this film it, it's like if it's like if if a, like lucio falci directed the exorcist oh yeah <laughs> and i'm just like how did this even get made? I feel like the Exorcist series, I still have to watch why I looked it up because there's the two prequels. I still have to watch Dominion, um, which is the other prequel. But I, I, I feel like the Exorcist series, because of the name value of the original, they're allowed 
each of the films to get away with a lot. Right. Where, like, if it was just a random possession film with no name, no really legacy. Yeah. Some of this shit would have never got passed or never got put through. Yeah. But because they're the like, name, we're yeah. going to put the Exodus on this. Oh, okay. It's probably going to be successful. Either do what you want or let's go as crazy as possible. Right, yeah. It was the um, first horror film to be nominated for all those Oscars and stuff. Yeah. So, but it, people should watch. If people want to see something insane, <laughs> we might have to watch that together. Because I, I guarantee the, the opening scenes. I remember taking video of it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And this we've seen like a lot. I've seen a lot, but I just didn't expect. Right. I just, from an Exorcist film. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, so I could almost if if I were to rewatch both of those. Actually, just the beginning might have went in there. So this will the, the, the number nine will have like an asterisk on it. That, so we'll, that'll, that'll we be might like, we might need an update. That could be another double feature. Ex, the Exorcist prequels. We could do Jesus both. Christ. I've never seen. We could do. We can. You know, we got some time. We got some. Yeah, some some uh, some time before Halloween and all that stuff. But I really would like. I'd like you to see that uh, Exorcist uh, the beginning. Uh, and it'd be, it's cool. It's always cool to watch something we haven't seen for the first time. Dominion. Cause I've never seen it. Right. But uh, I think both of those were made because, at the same time, because of legal rights. Because they were fighting both production companies had somewhat rights to the series. So they were so both, they both trying making to rush, a movie. Yeah, they were both trying to rush a film out. But then they found they were both legally going to be able to release them. So it's just right. two Exodus prequels within one year of each other. That's crazy. Um, all right, well. Well, speaking of people on crosses, um, I'm obviously a big vampire guy. Um, so I wanted w- at least one vampire film on the list. Um, and this one I know for sure that you probably have never seen this film in the series or any film in the series. Um, okay. But yeah, I just wanted to have a vampire film on the list. Obviously, Blade Two is an action film because that would have been an easy one to do. Right. And the original Lugosi Dracula, Dracula's Daughter, I wouldn't really necessarily consider that a great sequel. I've seen that um, once. I watched that once real late at night. But the Hammer series. I've seen some Hammer films. Has some Dracula sequels. It's the longest running like Dracula like series. Christopher Lee's a beast. Christopher dude. Lee, dog. Peter so, Cushing in there? Well, this film does not have Peter Cushing in it. Okay. But for my number nine, I have Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Which is the third film in the franchise? Um, you're holding your fingers up. You're I like, I may have I've seen this because I have I have a few different Hammer collections. I have to get on the old letterbox. The most of these letterbox in fucking a year. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the third film in the franchise. Obviously, there was Horror of Dracula, and then Dracula: Prince of Darkness. I've seen. Um, I've seen. What were the ones you just said? My brains. Dracula: Prince of Darkness was the second one and horror dracula was the first hammer one that's the one with peter cushing i've seen when they have like the big like grand table and he jumps and then pulls the drapes down yeah that's from the first one um but yeah why do they not have horror (laughs) miles is doing something on letterbox letterbox is failing me i'm gonna get on it's cool (laughs) let's just look up hammer dracula films i can't even spell look at how professional we are yeah, but yeah, this was the third film in the franchise. Obviously, again, this was back in the olden days. There's no home video and stuff like that, so there's some like weird continuity issues in it. Like right. the very beginning of the film, Dracula is not alive yet, obviously, because okay. they have to, it has to be like resurrected or whatever. But there's like already like a dead body 
or whatever, and they're just like, how did this dead body get here? It's like in like a bell tower in like this church, and she's just like hanging down there. Um, and obviously he was dead at the beginning of the previous film, so it was like, how did this random body show up or whatever? But uh, I've seen the Satanic Rites of Dracula, which was seventy three. That's one of the later ones. Right, that's the second to last one, I think, if not yeah, the cause, last one. Yeah, because Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires was on there, but I always wanted to see that. I never watched that one. Yeah, I've seen, and I've I haven't seen, seen all of them, so I've this seen could Prince be Prince of Darkness. I think I've seen this one, but if I did, it was one time, and I can't remember right much well, of it. So. Yeah, there's some weird lore issues in it as well. Like, you can see Dracula's reflection in, like, the water and stuff, but he's okay. not supposed to have a reflection. Right, right, right. Um, so it's definitely a flawed film, but I think that, like, out of the Hammer films, besides the first one, I think this one's pretty much, like, on par with the first one. Um, this would be the one to see out of the ones that I've seen. Um, I wanted to see Dracula AD 1972, because I haven't. I heard a lot of people like that. It's actually... A lot better than you would think it was. Like you just again, okay. you hear the title Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two, and it sounds like absurd. It. I wanted to watch that one, but yeah, it like deals like with the reincarnation of Van Helsing, like Peter Cushing's character in it. He's like a detective or whatever, right, and like right, there's right. all this crazy funk music playing and stuff. But well, Satanic Rites of Dracula is really weird too because I had that on a collection and I watched that. Yeah, that one's very, and that one's also like public domain, so it's always on like those fifty movie packs right, or right, whatever. Right, right. I, I think I have it on a couple different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good choice, and that's actually a good because I've seen I have some <laughs> other Hammer like horror collections, like with like one of their Mummy films, like some of the different stuff that they've done. Right. Uh, I really want that book. They have a book, Women uh, Women of Hammer Horror, that's basically like a fucking softcore book. Yeah, I, I yeah I'm, f- I'm familiar with okay, it. My buddy's real familiar with yeah. it, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm a little familiar with it, Yeah, it's called it like too. the, yeah, it's basically like centerfolds of like all the women that were like yeah. the stars of these films. Uh, if anyone wants to get us both that book and just, just, just you know, reach out to the show, uh, we'll PayPal you the money or something. Yeah. You know, just send it. <laughs> I, I had a chance to buy it a couple times. I don't know why I didn't. But it's, I think it's like, Forty fifty dollar book, which isn't yeah. bad, but still one of those things like when you're like randomly see, you're like, eh, I don't fucking yeah. want to spend that money. Yeah, but this was another one I took maybe too many notes on because I didn't know if you'd be familiar with it at all. But a fun fact about it is that Christopher Lee was like, this is only the third film, and he's already sick of playing Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically like guilt tripped into being in it because he was like. Well, if you don't want to do this movie, like all these people aren't going to be able to work and whatever. Mm. So, like, he was basically like, "You, I mean, you got it. You have like an obligation to like do this or whatever." So, like, which kind of sucks. And then, because like even in the second film, in Prince of Darkness, he like refused to speak any of his lines because he thought they sucked so bad. <laughs> Literally in the second film, Dracula does not speak at all. He just like grunts and shit. In this one, he has very few lines, but it sort of works to the film's advantage because, like, everything he says, you know Christopher Lee was on board with it. Yeah. And everything he says has, like, more weight to it um, because of so few lines that he says. I mean, he's in the film quite a bit, but he doesn't, like, say anything. Um, And, yeah, I think it works in the film's favor. Um, but really what makes this film work for me in comparison to some of the other ones is the story of it. Um, the main character's name is Paul. And a lot of times, like in these Dracula films or vampire films in general, your main character is like a priest or a Van Helsing type guy. But Paul is an atheist. 
So he doesn't believe in any of this shit. So it makes it really hard for him to fight Dracula because he's no protection. Like, there's no right. there's no faith. There's no faith. Right. In and it, at one point he's dating like a priest's daughter. Classic. And so like <laughs> there's like this dinner scene where like I can't remember exactly how it goes down, but basically Paul doesn't say the prayer or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'm an atheist," and the priest like flips out and kicks him out of the house or whatever. I, can you imagine dating? I wouldn't even. I would just say, "Oh, I didn't know I had to say it" or something like that'd be the one time I would lie. Like if I really was into this woman, I wouldn't tell a priest to be like, "Yeah, I'm an atheist." I'm yeah. Trying to bang your daughter. Like, yeah. It doesn't go over well. Yeah. At least he's being honest, I guess. But like. <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't work out well for most people. <laughs> no, that, that wouldn't be. I, I would think of some way to avoid whatever that was that just happened. Right. But yeah, he clearly does not have the advantage over Dracula. At the beginning of the film, he doesn't even know what vampires are or who Dracula is. That's hilarious. Anyway, so I don't know if I've seen this one. Then maybe, maybe I've because I've seen, I've seen three of them at least. But I don't. I don't know if I've seen this one now. They used to have that pack. They had a pack in like the. Mid two thousands, you know, when I was buying stuff or I was getting really, really into horror. That had four of them on it. Do you remember that? I have, a, I, I have yeah. a, I have a, I have a four. It's like the Dracula like four pack. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. have. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I always like. I would see it and wanted to get it, and then I just didn't. And then I, like I said, I'd seen a couple of them just through other things, rental and right. whatever. Um, I think back when I had Netflix discs, I saw one of them too. You know, I threw one on there or whatever right. and watched it, but. The good, the good old days, man. The good yeah. old days. I won't get too much more into it, um, but there's this one great scene where Paul stakes him, mm-hmm. but since he doesn't have, like, since he wasn't, like, praying, like, in his heart or whatever, like, during it, it happened, <laughs> Dracula survives the staking, pulls it out, and throws it back at him. Oh, my God. It's just, like, a great scene. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen this one, because I, I feel like all that would be, like, super memorable. Yeah, and this came out, I think it was, it was either the same year or the year after the MPAA started, so this film is actually rated G by the MPAA. Tight. Um, so either they didn't watch it and just slapped something on it, or they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Because um, there's actually, like, a lot of, like, violence, a stabbing, um, there's, like, blood coming out of the eyes and palements. I was, was going to say, like, most of the stuff, like, from the Hammer stuff, there's a little bit more blood, gore. Like, not, like, not in, like, the way that people think of nowadays, but, like, at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, I, I think it's just good because of the human element of it. I mean, a lot of times, like, in these films, you're getting, like, the Jonathan Harker story where it's like, oh, I'm going to go to Dracula's castle or whatever. Right, but, like, right. this one is just, like, so, like, different. Um, from all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just wanted something unique to put on the list, so that's my number that nine. Is, that was a good... I suppose... I don't know. I haven't really thought... I, I try to... Uh, when we do these things, I try to really not think about like what... Yeah, I think I guess maybe you think about what I'm going to say more on my list, but I try to just leave it open more, so I kind of want to be surprised to see where right. you put stuff or what, what happens. Um, so it's fun for me too, you know. And dog. also, one last thing that I love about this film, and you can probably attest to this too, um, from being in effects school. And I mean, I've made effects blood as well. Um, this was done before they really got the blood recipe right. Right. So it's one of those films where the blood is just the bright red. I love. Like, there's something about that though that I love. Like, I still. Love. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I think it's great. Yeah. Like, because then, because like, what is it? Like, you got to put. They didn't use the green. Like, they just used the red dye or whatever. So it doesn't look like actual blood at all. But it looks... I mean, I, right. I like it, yeah. 
Um, I love 70s, like the super... It, it just... I don't know. I, I think it worked with the way that films in the, in the 60s and 70s, like... Well, late... Once they started adding a little gore in the late 60s or whatever. When I mean gore, I mean a little bit of blood. Like, there was... Right, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that blood stands out, like, a mile away. Like, you're looking at, like, the early, like... Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis films and stuff. Oh, like yeah. Super bright, you know, blood red and stuff like that. Um, it's like shocking in a weird way because it's so unnatural, but it looks cool. And like right. the way everything's shot in film and it's a, the film's a little bit gritty back then because it's just like, the style's just a little more grit. Just all of it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's my number nine. Number so. nine? All yeah. right. Well, number eight, I actually don't have a ton to say about this, but I'm hoping that you... It's funny as I'm saying it's oh my top horror sequel, but, but number eight is is a film that I've only watched once. And I watched it with Jared. Okay. And it was so shocking to both of us, and we had such a fucking good ass time watching this that my experience watching it with him was almost more memorable than the film. Because as you know, some of we're laughing, we're screaming, especially when you get a really crazy oh, yeah. gore film on. Uh the Fly 2. Which I haven't seen, but you've told the story about how you guys have watched it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Fly 2 was directed by uh, Chris Wallace, who he did the special effects for Cronenberg's The Fly. So I'm not real sure how he got this gig directing this one. Uh, should have probably looked that up. But... Um, Basically, it's just a batshit crazy film, um, and it, the special effects. Obviously, okay, so it's done by it was done, you know, like I just said, by the guy who did the effects for he, the guy who directs Fly Two, did the special effects for the Fly with Cronenberg. Right. So it's going to be special effects heavy, and it obviously I mean the Fly is special effects yeah. heavy, but. <laughs> This one, the memorable parts to me are not the story. It's all the crazy shit that happens. Like, the, they have scenes of, like, the full fly creature, like, walking around, and he's stomping his feet real loud. It's like a hard, like, And there's, like, scene. multiple flies in it, aren't there? God, don't quote me on this. I, I think there's just the one main guy. Oh, okay. But it's, like, it, it's, like, it, so much imagery in my mind. I'm just seems like, I can't remember every part of the story, but it's, like, these crazy images where it's, like, the fly's, like, stomping his thing around. <laughs> His head's turning. He's, like, looking for people to fucking kill and stuff. And it's just, like, obviously me and Jared are losing it. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where a guy opens where a guy opens a door and to try to go out, like, this walkway. And the fly throws a body <laughs> sideways. Like, the door opens and a body's flying sideways at the door. And the guy just goes like this and just goes, oh, and shuts the door real quick. Is his body is just flying sideways. And I... I I threw up. I mean, I basically was on the ground screaming and crying because it's it's just so 80s. It's so insane. There's a scene, I think, where the fly crushes someone under an elevator shaft or something. But body count's obviously ramped up. It's, right. It's basically just a, a fucking... It's more like a monster movie in the typical yeah. sense. Where, like, the original, the Cronenberg fly, like, he's gradually turning into the fly... And it's a lot more like the emotional shit. And like when he becomes the fly, I mean, he's not rampaging through the town. <laughs> you no, know what I no, mean? No, no, no. It's just like that one part where they, they have the like the final confrontation. But and that's like in this room, like, God, I wish like like I'm looking at this and like, ah, I wish I remember the fucking story more. It's definitely one that I need to uh, 
rewatch, but a lot of it is just the fucking crazy effects. Like I just had such a, I almost feel guilty putting it on this list, but like I said, the experience of watching right. this with a person, it's that rare, it's that rare, like viewing experience. We sit down and watch something for the first time. And like, as you get older, as, as we are, like, it's hard to get shocked or really impressed by a lot of things, even with certain old films. Cause you're like, damn, I've seen everything. everything. Yeah. You know, which is also why this was so hard to put this fucking list together. Cause it's like, I really got to go back in my brain. Like originally you put the list together, the first five, six, seven zoom. You're like, yeah, you, okay, I got it. But then you really start thinking like, ah, oh, fuck, there's like a zillion horror sequels. Like, and I love a zillion horror sequels. Like what really like, you know, and like this one for me, Maybe I'm being a poser, but I saw I saw it the one time, but I just have these images of the film. Like I know it stuck. Okay, the plot didn't stick, but I have I can see all these crazy images of what was going on in the film. So I'm like, that's kind of why I put it on this list because it's just everything I love about like creature horror, right? Or like full on frontals of special effects because this was like the end of the '80s. A lot of stuff that was coming out, you know, even with like. The Nightmare on Elm Streets and some of the stuff, Hellraiser was starting, like, the end of the 80s, even as horror was kind of, like, <laughs> starting to slow down a little bit or die off. It goes um, through phases, yeah. The special effects were, like, had never been better. Like, some of the ones that come out, like, they're doing these full creatures or these giant elaborate scenes with, like, numerous characters and full makeups and all this. And I'm just, like, some of those, I'm just, like, fuck, this is crazy. Because I know yeah. how long it took them, it took them a team to build all this stuff. Like, not right. even just, like probably months and months and months of this shit and it's just like I think it was hard you know now with the CG and stuff where I look and I'm just like man like I still feel like they could have pushed which they are pushing with CG and practical together but like uh, towards the end of the 80s and the early 90s like they just I just like thought some of the effects and the way they were shot were just right. phenomenal dude yeah but it's hard you haven't seen this Guess we're gonna have to throw another one. I you might as well. This podcast is just becoming. Oh yeah, we should we should watch this and review it. That's just what this is becoming. But it's becoming ten more podcasts. That's fine. That's, that's all right. But I don't. Unfortunately, because you have not seen it. Yeah. And me, it's all about it's all about the fucking memories. But like the vivid, the, the, I'll never forget that door scene. I can see it in my head. It's, yeah. it's honestly, it's probably <laughs> one of the most iconic things I've seen in the past five years because that's like it's not a jump scare, but it's one of those things like you all oh, characters walking up the door, they open the door. And then it just opens like this, and the fly's standing down there and just goes like this with a body coming right. sideways, and it's just flying at the door. <laughs> and I was just like, You're just like, what, what am I watching? Yeah. It just, I don't know. The little, it's the little things, man. Yeah. So my number eight on my list, I wanted to have some newer films on mine. And this is sort of where it's getting to the, the part where, like, it's, these films are pretty much on par with the original. Okay. Um, or you could argue that they're a little better or a little worse. Um... My number eight, little bit of a weird choice, and one of the main reasons I wanted it on here, because this is another one where I watched it and I was like, how is this good? Mm. Annabelle Creation. Okay. Is my number eight on the list. Mainly because the first Annabelle is terrible. So bad. So terrible. It was basically Rosemary's Baby Light. Yeah. Essentially is what that was. So I we went and we saw this in theaters. I've seen it a couple times since. But, like, we went into it because we were like, all right, whatever, there's nothing, there's no other horror films to watch on this Friday night. We'll right, watch right. Animal Creation. Out, it came out, like, in August, like, in August. It, it was, like, a weird, a weird yeah. yeah. So, we watched it, and I was, like, sitting in the theater, I was, like, blown away, like, how much better it was than the original. So much better. But when you compare it to, like, The Conjuring 1 and stuff like that, like, it's about, like, on par, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but if you compare it to Annabelle, it's like a billion times it's, better. It's so okay. So there's three Annabelles now, right? Because I saw the third. Right, one. and then there's Annabelle comes, <laughs> comes home. home, which is almost a conjuring film. I mean, they're all kind of whatever, but like because they're actually at the Warren's house in that. Right, where she's, she's um, like babysitting, or like house sitting or whatever. And I it's actually, just like I actually thought that was pretty fucking good too. To be honest, it was fun. Like, I haven't like, seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen that. That was kind of no. like a haunted house film. So it's right, like, each of them are, are different. Uh, but creation has that fucking crazy scarecrow part at the end of it, doesn't it? The one where the it, the scarecrow comes off in the in the barn or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's in the because you see it at the beginning of the film because like the premise of this one is like oh, there's all these girls and they're like orphans and they go to the house of the guy who made the Annabelle doll. Right. And he's right. opening his house as like a foster home, sort of like repent for bringing this evil into the world because his. Right. His, it's not a spoiler, it happens in the first two minutes of the film, but his daughter is Annabelle, right. and she's hit by a car or whatever, so basically Annabelle's quote-unquote ghost or whatever was reaching out to them to put her spirit into this doll, but of course it was not actually her, it was a no. demon. Right. Um, so to repent for that or whatever, he opens up his house, he was like a, he like used to be a priest, or like he's a fallen priest or some right, shit. Right, right. Um, and it's basically like the girl that like comes is like a nun and she has like five or six girls that she's like the caretaker of. And yeah, but at the beginning of the film, they go into the barn and there's like this creepy scarecrow thing. And yep. the entire time you're just like, all right, well, when's this going to come to life? I love, I love scarecrow stuff so much and scarecrow like genre stuff is like very few and far between. Oh yeah. So I remember when that, that's like one of the most memorable parts to me, like more memorable than the doll is just like that scene where they get, <laughs> the manger gets trapped in the barn, right? Right, yeah. And then the scarecrow starts to come to life, I think. Because there's so many things in this film where they set it up and then you're just waiting for something to happen. Right, right. Because, like, very early on in the film, again, you see that the girl is um, the guy's wife who owns the house. She's, like, bedridden. And so you're like, all right, I can't wait to see what she looks like. She's obviously all fucked up. Right. There's the one girl has, like, cerebral palsy or whatever. She has some sort of illness where she can't really walk well. And they have, like, the old, like, wheelchair stair ramp thing that, like, goes up the stairs. So you're like, all right, I can't wait for someone to get launched off of that Right, right. Like, there's just, like, so many things in this film where, like, it builds upon the suspense well. And it's worth the payoff. Like, a lot of times, like, there's, like, oh, it leads to nothing or it sucks or shit, like, comes out of nowhere and there was no setup, like, at the beginning of the film to, like, even establish it. Um, I think they do that well in the third one, too, which you haven't seen. Uh, They show a lot of, yeah, like we said, they (laughs) set up for set pieces, things like this. You know things are going to happen. I think that even that, even creation is kind of because it's in, set in that one main location just like the third one's set in one main location they almost they almost like just like good haunted house films right uh which i don't know why the first one really wasn't like i don't know I, <laughs> the I don't first one knew what they were fucking doing with the first one because it's all over the fucking place yeah um and i mean like and again if you look at the other films in the franchise i mean like you've got the nun which was terrible the nun okay look the Nun, when I watched that, what I saw was someone trying to make a cheesy Italian horror film. Like, that's what I saw. Some of the effects and some of the shit that they were doing, I was like, is this trying to be serious? Because I feel like it's trying to be a throwback to, like, weird 80s Maybe films. I need to rewatch it, but I don't know. If you watch it and don't, like, the tone, as soon as I start watching, I got the tone, I'm like, 
little cheese to this. Like, yeah. it's not. I, I actually talked about the nun with someone the other day because it was uh, ten years since the first Insidious came out the other day. Oh really? Something. Yeah, it was like the decade, and like my friend was like, "Oh, this is my uh, one of my friends at Pittsburgh is a big horror fan." Like, oh yeah, it's one of my you know favorite modern franchises. All this, and he's like, "Yeah, if you watch Insidious one and two together, it's like a it's like a, a, a right. really good film." Because um, I feel like the first Insidious, I remember that hit the festivals and stuff like that first. It was when I was living in Pittsburgh. Actually, it came out, and I was like, "Wait, you know, there was there's a lot of hype in the magazines. Like even before it really started to get like." trailers and stuff out because it was like a slow burn like it, it oh, started yeah. it was it was kind of a weird release like I know we're getting a little off track but it's all horror we're all good but it was like uh few theaters a few more like it didn't have a modern release so by the time I saw it it had been mostly around the nation but finally got to like the midwest or yeah. east whatever and I remember seeing it and I was like the hype was just too Hype was too, was too high. Much. Like it was good. Jared said great. the same thing. Like I went into it with no hype. I I don't know if I saw it like early on, but I saw it before everyone was talking about it. Because um, Jared saw Insidious one and two in the same day, oh, and, wow. he, and he saw Insidious. I mean, that had been a couple years since it was out at that point. Yeah, so everyone yeah, yeah. was saying, "Oh, Insidious is great." So he's not the biggest fan of those films because of the hype. But three and four were actually pretty good. And as we're <laughs> a little off, but with sequ- were these sequels? I thought the. What was the, what was the last key well, last key was four and then the third one was insidious, insidious three yeah, but it was the prequel yeah yeah yeah. i yeah. thought both of those were actually pretty good sequels like i i like i think i like all the sequels to insidious as we're talking about sequels more than the original yeah yeah uh, it's tough to say i haven't because se- i've only seen i've seen the first two a few times i've only seen the last two in theaters once right. um, so it's like tough to say but I like Insidious 1 and 2, especially if you watch them back-to-back, because they blend into each other. I probably would have to go back and, uh, and you know, watch them together. Not that, I don't know if I ever will, to be honest, but yeah. I might. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not too much else to say about Animal Creation. It's shot really well. I mean, there's, a lot, of, there's really a lot of well. cool drone shots, depth of field stuff going on. I like the color palette. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, but, I'm big on the color palette. Buddy, Mr. Color Palette, I've... Put on something. Man, I don't know about this color palette. All right, bro. <laughs> I'm a director. I think I know, about. I think I know, about I know, these I know, things, I know, bro. I know. I think you need to watch Comes Home though, if you like creation. Add it to the list, <laughs> bro. Your list. We better start. You better start writing these down, man. Shit. I'll remember it. It's fine. You should. It is like I really liked. I. I'm, it's cool that you actually put that on this list, creation, because. I, I when I was thinking about all like recent horror stuff, because to be honest, spoiler. I don't have any recent shit. I, fi- on, I figured there was. I figured there wasn't going to be that much recent shit on yours, and that's why I wanted to exclude the big three from mine. Because I'd be like, all right, so we'll give some attention to some of these other films that we wouldn't necessarily well, be talking about. I was gonna, like I said earlier in the podcast, I was gonna go maybe rewatch some of the Saws or really thought about it because I really do, especially back in the day. I was a real big Saw fan. Yeah, and I was like, I bet you one of them would probably make the list. Honestly, I, if I remember right. I really loved Saw 2, and I thought Saw 2 was a great sequel. And I actually really liked 4 and 6. 3, three was a little overrated to me. Everyone loved 3. Saw 5s we talked about as trash. <laughs> That's probably why Saw, Saw 6 was so much better, because it was so much better than 5. Yeah. Fuck. But anyways, we'll, uh, that, that little touch of modern horror, but... But we'll, we'll shelf the Saw conversation for the moment. Okay. Spoiler. Oh, okay. But, All right. But we'll move. We can move on to your uh, your number seven, I believe. So this this is like you said. This is where 
for me, it's a toss-up between, uh, you know, the sequels and the originals. Like you said, they're, they're kind of almost on an even, even playing field uh, now, like in my list. Eh, maybe not one of them. I'll get, I'll get hung, strung alive, burned, b- burned alive if I say that about one of the sequels. <laughs> but, but this one here, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2... Incredible film. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it on my list because I didn't consider it horror exactly, but great sequel. I Great sequel. There's no doubt about it. I, I struggled with this. I broke my own rule in this. But I finally opened on my beer. There you go. Usually, usually it's like, like, an, every, like an hour and a half everyone's in. Like, everyone's like, oh, is, is Miles ready to start partying? No, I'm not partying tonight, everyone. I'm a little hungover, but we're doing it. <laughs> we're out here doing it. Um... I rewatched this recently, actually with the woman I was seeing before. Previously. You know, previously. Um, There's a lot of women in Miles' life the these days. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope... If, I don't even want to say anything. Kill me. I uh, hope it's not a revolving door forever, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, at least it's fun sometimes. Uh, so I rewatched... So this one's fresh. Actually, a handful of these are fresh. I won't keep saying I watched this one because I made her watch a, a, a lot of these that she hadn't seen or wanted to see. Um, Texas Chainsaw Two. I put it on. You know, obviously it's 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 tonally completely different from the first one, right? Which is why I think it works. Uh, Texas Chainsaw One is a product of the time, the grit, the seventies grit. I love the way that the Texas Chainsaw One's one is. I don't know where it's at in my top films, but it's up there. It's a fantastic film. I love it. I always have since I watched it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 <coughs> holds a special place in my heart because I saw it before Texas Chainsaw 1. I went to I went to Best Buy in Menor. I saw, like, we used to get the Sunday. My dad read every fucking newspaper on the planet. Still does. So he's Sunday ads, and I was riding with someone to go up to Menor. I was probably like 14-something. And we didn't have allowances, we didn't do anything, but I did something for my dad. I helped him do a bunch of shit. I got like ten bucks. Which mind you Ten bucks at the time. This yeah. was yeah, two thousand one, two thousand two. Ten bucks was still dope, you know. Right. Uh and they had like, an ad for DVDs or whatever. Best Buy. I knew I was going up there. I was like, Oh, I think I'm gonna go to Best Buy with so and so's family or whatever. They had an ad for Texas Chainsaw Mask 2, five ninety nine on DVD. <laughs> was it the Breakfast Club poster and no, everything? No, no, no. It was the, it was the generic, uh, the first release. It was just uh, Dennis Hopper on the cover with a fucking shot. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, my parents aren't going to be with me. I bet you I could fucking uh, get this get kid's this, parents you know? to get it. <laughs> because, well, well, you know, you never know at the time if they're actually going to ID you or not. Because it's kind of like a weird, I don't know. Yeah. You know how it is. Sometimes oh, some yeah. people would, they wouldn't. I don't think it was as stress strenuous as it is nowadays where they scan, swipe your ID and all this shit, you know. They just look like, oh, yeah, you're old enough or whatever. Yeah. So that's what I did. Took my 10 bucks. I went to – because back then, if I got money, it was rare. Like, it was very rare. And so I would save it for, like – usually because I was reading a lot. I would look for a film. Like, I would, I would, like, save it and be like, if I see some sort of film, I'm going to get it, you know, or right. whatever. Because uh, this is when the early 2000s when DVDs got a lot cheaper out of nowhere. Like, they were, went from being like 20, 30 bucks. Now you can find a bunch of shit for new for 5, 10 bucks. Yeah. Because the market was saturated. Or they made too many copies or whatever. Best Buy, the buying power of everything. So they <laughs> buy, you know, 
in massive bulk. But looked through a thing. There it was, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I was like, I always want to see the original. But going to the rent video store at the time. But the, but the second one was on sale. <laughs> well, no. no cause, okay, so going to the video store with your parents sometimes at a young age when you have no money, you could sneak in some stuff here or there. But when something says Texas Chainsaw Massacre on it, right. it's really hard to be like, hey, mom, I want to rent the Texas Chainsaw Massacre tonight. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, my, you know, my mom uh, grew up in a real, like, my, my grandfather was a pastor. My mom's still very religious, things like that. She's very understanding and very, like, open and, you know, like, understanding of just I'm into different things, stuff like that. She's great about that. But... Still, as a kid, there were certain things that right I, lines yeah. just couldn't weren't going to be crossed. And my dad never went to the video store, never went, never anything. So it was always, you know, it was just the mom thing. Mm-hmm. So I did somehow sneak in and got Last House on the Left as a as a kid. But again, that's age. like a vague title. That's you the know? thing you like, can do that. And I had read about Last House on the Left. I didn't realize how much it was going to fuck you, fuck up. me up a little bit. <laughs> that was probably one of the first like. Shocking films I watched because they didn't they didn't have Last House on the Left and TV in the early nineties. They weren't yeah. showing that shit. Maybe late night TCM, but like I didn't know about you know you don't know right yet. yeah. But so I couldn't see the first Texas Chainsaw, so I got that went went home and this was back like like I said you get like maybe a, 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 like a CD an album or like a movie like once for me it was like once every two months or like maybe a holiday like my parents ran a pretty tight ship you know what I mean so. I was like, so the hype, when you buy something, you'd be like, right. I sit down, I, I, I watch it, I made sure no one was, you know, no one was home or no one, whatever. And I was just like, wow, this is <laughs> fucking, cra- I'm trying to say fucking bad. Like, this is crazy, you know, like the, the opening scene when they're driving with the fucking bros on the oh, bridge yeah. <laughs> and shit and Leatherface comes up and he's shaking and cutting through their car and stuff. I'm just like. You're hooked. It's the best thing about this. You're fucking hooked within a minute. A minute to two minutes. Even if you've never seen the first one, you're fucking hooked. You have that whole big... You've, I mean, you oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've yeah. seen it. So I, I'm, I'm just looking at you, but I'm hooked. No, I'm just letting you talk. <laughs> and, well, this is like a passion. Like, you know, like when I was in school for special effects, over my desk that I had, I kept two film posters for inspiration. And they were Halloween 2 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and yeah. I kept them over to look up and be like, this is why I want to do, or I'm interested in what I want to do, because all these films at such a young age, they're like, they yeah. have vivid, like I have a story, I remember this memory of going to fucking buy this shit, of all the fucking memories, yeah. like, that's how vivid it was. So, um, watched it, great story, you know, them on the radio, <laughs> catching the caller, like, them happening to find the radio station, going to find it, you know? Yeah, and Chop Top's, uh, like, a crazed fan and everything. Like, yeah, it's insane. They're, they're terrorizing the fucking uh, radio station. You know, there's that whole sexual scene with him, like, acting like it's his dick or whatever, yeah. a leather face. It's, it's chainsaw, just yeah. fucking... And then... Dennis like, Hopper's a riot. <laughs> he's phenomenal in it. Then, like, the whole scene when they get to their fucking crazy like hangout hideaway thing and uh, everything that happens there I'm not gonna spoil it completely if someone if there's one person on this podcast that hasn't seen it but there's probably more than that uh it's just it never lets up the first Texas doesn't chainsaw rarely lets up either that's the best thing 
Toby Hooper knew how to drive the story forward, but also constant tension, constant this. And there are some scenes when I just rewatched it again. I've seen it numerous times, but that I could still consider horrifying. I would say probably like the invasion of the radio station, the things that happen right. there. When you when I rewatch it again, they even now like like I said just a couple months ago, they played those parts very straightforward where they were actually like, "What are you doing here? Like, what's this?" And her character. Like everyone was like scared. Like it was a, it was a very tense moment, and you know, Chop Top's saying a bunch of fuck shit. It's evil, and like oh, and like yelling at Leatherface, why didn't you kill her like this? And it it has enough elements for me that's horror, right? But it it does. It, it's a, a com- it's a, it's a comedy. It's it's a comedy. It's it's a, comedy. it's a parody of the first film, pretty much. But I couldn't. But, you couldn't not have it on your list I, I because you I, you have you got that connection to it. I had to have it. I just hey, one was... of the films on my list. You could definitely argue it's more comedy than horror. Okay, but it's a similar situation, I guess. I would definitely say it's half and half. But this might be yeah sixty forty like sixty percent comedy, forty percent horror, depending on who's watching it and what they've... Depends what the vibes are in the room. Yeah. It has a lot to do with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, What do you have to say about it? Anything? Nothing that you haven't really said. I mean, it's great. Like, obviously, I didn't put it on my list for the reasons I already mentioned. It should have been an honorable mention, but I didn't think about it. Mm. But I was also... Because I think I did think about it, but I was also like... I don't know, that one with... um, The dude from Full Metal Jacket, that's a good Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, too. Leatherface? Not le- was okay. it called Leatherface? Texas the one, Chainsaw Three. The one from the early oh, was that the remake? That might have been the remake. It was from like the early two thousands. Oh yeah, the remake and then yeah, that was a remake. That's <laughs> and why. then the beginning. You could have put Texas Chainsaw the beginning on there because it's a sequel to a remake. I've never seen that one. Really? I've never seen the beginning. That's no. fun. I've I've actually seen all of them now. You know which one I think's actually great, but they fucked up the continuity bad. That Texas Chainsaw, the Twisted Pictures did, just called Texas Chainsaw. I haven't seen that one either. That one's the newest one. No, it's the second. No, they actually made a Leatherface, which is supposed to be like a prequel, which was the newest one. So there's Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw 2, Texas Chainsaw 3 Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw The New Beginning, and then there's the fe- the one with the female one, right? That's the one I've seen, but it's... I can't recall. So there's that one, and then there's Remake... Sequel to the remake, the beginning. Texas Chainsaw, and then Leatherface. So I think there's, and there's one that's about to come out. So there's nine. I think there's, is there nine films in the series, and then there's gonna be a so. Film. There's Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Two, Leatherface, the third one, the Next Generation, then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. So that's a remake. That was the one I was gonna. Put, but then it wasn't the sequel. It was Isn't a remake. That weird one in the middle, or am I just thinking about New Beginning? The Next Generation was in '95. Is that after New Beginning, or is that mm-hmm. a- no? So then, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning was in 2006. Texas Chainsaw 3D, Leatherface, and then the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How did my brain make up that there was another one in there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because the. The one with Matthew McConaughey. I think it had a couple different covers, and as a kid, I saw that. 
and I think well, yeah, because it, it was be it was before he was famous, and then he became famous, yeah. and they put his face on everything. Like it, it, that's one where he's like deep throating the rifle. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, that film is in fucking insane. Um, but yeah, I don't uh, know. Leatherface is a great. I actually got like Leatherface came out on like rare Blu-ray a couple years ago. Just like snuck it out. Warner Brothers snuck it out, and I was able to actually. That's another one that I think is a little unbalanced. Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, bad, but it, there's just, like, some weird shit in it. Where, like, I remember he's using, like, a weird, like, speaking spell. And he's, like, constantly, like, writing, like, food on it or something. I, I think, though, that there's two versions of that film. I want to say the Blu-ray that I have. Because I haven't watched since I bought the Blu-ray. I have for fucking... Thanks, thanks to all my exes for getting the different for Christmas. I fucking appreciate it. But uh, I haven't popped it in actually since I got it. And it's a shocker. But you know how it is. Sometimes you get something and it just sits on a shelf for a year or two. And you're like, right. oh, I better watch this. But um, I think there's two versions of it. I think there was there a controversy. There could be. Yeah, I'm not I think sure. I remember I watched it. I think I watched it the first time. No, I watched it the second time with Dylan Neamey. Shout out to Dylan Neamey. Uh, and actually I went to his house because he was going through something at the time and I walked in and let's watch a film you know I go look at his stuff and there was a sealed copy of Leatherface in his thing oh, yeah. and I was like what the fuck are you, you know I like, got pissed and I was like, ooh and I r- ripped it open fucking threw it in and kicked a couple back kicked back have a couple beers he had a much gotten a much better mood after that and he was like oh that was pretty damn good I'm like yeah see sitting there fucking wrapped on your shelf for yeah. probably five fucking years yeah but uh Another good memory with that. Texas Chainsaw, a lot, a lot, a lot of memories. Yeah. But I think we kind of we kind of covered that one. Yeah. What do you got for me? So my next one is my number seven. It's gonna be very brief because I guarantee that this is on your list. So we'll talk about it when we talk to you about. If this is not on your list, I'm gonna be shocked. Okay. My number seven is Hellbound. Hellraiser two. Fuck, it's on my list. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was going to be on your list. So, oh, what a so, great sequel. So we'll just say that's my that's my number seven. Um, we'll we'll, we'll talk. The only thing I'll say about it is it's better than Hellraiser. So then there there we go. They're we'll off. we'll talk about it when we get to yours. Okay. Um, We're speeding up the process because this is the one where I wrote just a couple words because okay. I was like I guarantee Miles is going to talk about it. So I just said I love how weird it is. So and it has well we'll talk about it when we get to yours but so, okay, there's so there's a lot of great shit in it I guess we're you know yeah we got to get through some of these I don't know how long we've been going here but uh, hopefully we're not losing fans by the second I know you're good uh number six I've actually watched recently too and I'll be curious if you've seen this you probably have Return of the Living Dead part three haven't seen it haven't God, haven't God, seen man. it enlighten so how me. many films enlighten how many me films I, on my list have you not most seen? of them pretty Demon, much all. Demons two Fly, so I've, I've done five films now, ten through six, and you've only seen two of them. So that's, yeah. I feel like as we get higher up, though, definitely. Yeah. But uh, how many have I not seen on yours so far? Just just the Dracula, just the Dracula right? one, yeah. Um, Returning Dead Part Three. A lot of these I have great stories. Like I like I remember the first time I watched these, which yeah. is also why like a lot of these sequels stuck out immediately. Right. Like I said, one through seven, I was like, done. <laughs> Here done. it is, yeah. Uh, we finally got Sci-Fi on TV, like Sci-Fi Network, because like, people, you know, maybe a little bit younger don't remember this, but Sci-Fi wasn't on original cable packages like when we were like young originally. Right. Yeah. Like it took. I don't think we got Sci-Fi in Ashtabula until I was like maybe like 12-ish 
which still sounds young, but like I was old enough to remember like not having it and then be like, oh, we're getting Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Because I remember going somewhere once to a hotel room and they had Sci-Fi Channel and I just you're just like, like what the hell? Is I was this? like I was like, can I stay up as long as I can watching this? My parents only didn't weren't okay with that, but they were like, yeah, go ahead. And I remember just watching like back when like this was like late nineties. Like, so I think Sci-Fi had some really weird fucking shit on TV at the time, and I was like, this is great. I can yeah. watch this all day, you know. Uh, Sci-fi would do themed Saturdays where they would maybe show two or three films in a row, sometimes like four, that were all a theme, like this. this like, you know, like uh, action horror, uh, vampires, uh, alien. You know, they would do like... Right. Which I think a, they still... I don't think they do it as much anymore, but they did for a while. They, they just do, do Sharknado giant, Night. Well, they got away from that. They finally got away from that a bit because I think they their ratings were going through the fucking floor after they made... Robot Shark Snake versus Tarantula Tortoise Part Ten or something <laughs> like that. That's probably a real film, by the way, because I actually <laughs> recorded a couple like a couple months ago that I couldn't believe were real films. <laughs> Some crazy monster. I was like, I was like, that's real. Yeah. Like, the titles were so bad. I was like, record, record. I was like, I'll get yeah. drunk and try one of these out. It's probably going to be a fucking PlayStation One graphic coming oh, through my sure, screen. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, but I have I have sauce by my heart for that too. But uh, so they had a zombie day. <laughs> and I had read about, you know, some of the sh- some of the films were on there, and I was like stoked. Like I was gonna, I think it was raining all day. I was like, I'm gonna sit in here. We're gonna, you know, watch these. I was, yeah. probably, like, I was probably like 13, 14, and the first film of the day, which was funny because it was in the middle, was was Day of the Dead, the original. And I had never seen Day of the Dead, so I sat down and watched Day of the Dead, and then went right into Returning Dead Part Three. Okay. So for me, as, as a kid, I'm like. Wow. Like, I just remember being like, what a double feature to, like, right. watch. Like, you know, I was just like, oh. And, you know, I was playing the Resident Evil games time. Like, I was like, it was right, everything was, like, the right, stars right aligned, up my alley. Yeah. But it was, it was also before, like, zombies had been big in the past, but it was obviously way before The Walking Dead, way before kind of zombies completely took over. The mid-2000s boom. Yeah. yeah. Like, this was probably right as the first Resident Evil film was going to come out and before Shaun of the Dead. You know, obviously before 28 uh, Days Later, when all those kind of came and just blasted zombies back into... And then at the end, when that was about to die, here comes the fucking Walking Dead into right. me and just took zombie shit almost to an annoying level where I couldn't even... Like, you know, there were so many... Yeah, there was oversaturation. The big indie, like, video boom, like, Dimension Extreme, a bunch of, like, you know, IFC labels, like, Magnolia, like, a bunch of these labels that were in the mid-2000s going big. Some of those, like... It was every foreign zombie film every month. You know, yeah. like all this crazy shit was coming out. Like, uh, before the oversaturation, you know, you had, like, the core ones, but they weren't, uh, you know, until really those films we just talked about boosted them up, there wasn't a lot out there. At least, like, mainstream. Yeah. You know, mainstream that you could get as a kid. So, to watch The Hit of the Dead, and I watched Trilling Dead Part 3. Returning Dead Part 3, I'm sure you've seen the imagery. You've seen the... Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, fa- I'm familiar with... The, the stuff, but I haven't seen the whole thing. So, yeah. Return Living Dead Part One and Part Two are are horror comedies. Yeah, horror comedies, straight up, hundred percent. I couldn't even put two on this list, even though three's a hundred times better. Even though there's the Michael Jackson zombie in Part Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three was directed by uh, Brian Usina, who was <laughs> a protege of. Um, oh fuck! I'm having a brain fart now. You're going to yell at me. Jared's going to yell at me if you're listening to this, but he's never going to listen to this. A protege of... of... Who directed 
Reanimator. Oh, uh, shit. Stuart Gordon? Yes. Yeah. He he was one of, like, him and Stuart Gordon, I don't know why my brain wasn't working right there, but Stuart Gordon and him, like, worked together real close in this, so he was one of, like, his, like, friends. I think they might, I think he, Brian Usen might even worked on Reanimator. I think he directed one of the Reanimator sequels, to be honest. I don't know if it was Brian. That would be crazy. That would be crazy, but, yeah. Um, so he does, he does Returning Dead Part 3. Turning Dead Part 3 was shot in the 90s. So horror's... Right. It's not dying, the, but it's in a little it's bit... It's in a, a low period. A well, low, cinema in general was in a low period. Low period. This was yeah. pre... This was probably like... I think this was... This was 92, maybe, when this came out. So real weird. Like, real... Real... Right before Jurassic Park. It yeah. was a real strange couple uh, years. Yeah. So it's shot straightforward. It's a horror film. Straight up horror film. Spoilers on this. I won't spoil too much because you haven't... I can't believe you haven't seen this. But... Dad, dude works. So main character's dad works for a military base. Obviously, they're fucking around with the chemical that makes the zombies. You know, they're trying to find ways to use them as soldiers, and you know the whole government bullshit. Yeah. They find a way to to tranquilize the zombies, or they're trying to, so they can so they can reanimate them, use them as weapons, come to the field, put them all down, put them back in their fucking canisters, and go on their way. You know. Cool. Main kid wants to be, it's early 90s, grunge is just popping off. <laughs> he wants to be, you know, wants to be a rock star, wants to be a drummer. He's got his girlfriend who wants a rock star boyfriend, you know, whatever. She's a little bit of a wild child. The dad gets a new new reassignment. They're going to have to fucck move because his dad, military fan, you know, dad, yeah. it's time to move. So he's pissed because he finally has friends at this place, you know, has a girlfriend, he, you know. So he's basically like, fuck you, dad. And he's like, I'm going to go, you know. He's like, I don't want to hear this shit now. So he goes, picks up the girlfriend. This will spoil us for you a little bit, but it's fine. You kind of already know from the cover. Goes, gets the girlfriend on the motorcycle. They're riding. She tries to, like, shake his hips, like, to be like, oh, I'm going to fuck this shit out of you, basically. And the bike wobbles. The car's coming around the thing. He moves, swerves to miss it. She flies face first into a fucking pole. Right. Dead. That is the doornail, you know. He's freaking out, losing his mind. And earlier in the film... They had found out about this, like the I won't spoil too much, but found out about the shit that brings the corpses back. This, you know, this uh, was it? Tri- I always say it wrong. Trioxin or try whatever. Where they, it's something like that. Yeah, whatever not, they use in yeah. the, you know the canisters. So him being a young kid, he's like, "Wow, <laughs> me go bring her back," because she hasn't, you know, she hasn't been dead that long. Or whatever. She's not going to be one of these fucking freaks the or whatever. Ones, you know, yeah. yeah. Goes. Takes his dad's ID card, sneaks into this military base, brings her ass back to life, pulls her out of there, they escape, um, and she's normal for the most part. You know, she's speaking, everything's normal. She goes, what's wrong? And she starts realizing, she's like, I'm fucking dead. No pulse, no heartbeat, she's cold, everything like that. He tries to feed her, she's puking, like, she's realizing she's She's fucked. She's like, I'm a zombie, yeah. And he's like... (laughs) And she's getting pissed at him, and he's like, you know, he's in love with her. He didn't know what to do. Makes a stupid choice. So it's cool to see them basically they're kind of on the run because his dad finds out, obviously, what happens. So the government people and everything like that, like, they, you know, they're trying to find them because, like, damn, there's a fucking, could be a possible <laughs> right. zombie outbreak, yeah. you know? Um, they run across this, this fucking gang of, like, Hispanic gangsters, like, in the store while they were, like, trying to feed her. Something crazy happens that I won't spoil, and 
now they're kind of at odds with each other. So now this like gang of gangsters is trying to fucking find them and kill them. So good subplots and shit like that. Uh, one of the gang members might have got infected. So things start okay, happening. Okay. Um, ends up in the L.A. River. If anyone knows that, it's not really a river, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they come across <laughs> this crazy homeless man that helps them hide out. And from the gangsters, from the government, and then the gangsters eventually find where the hangout is. And like, but it's the kind of like weird sealed sewer door. And the girls basically like, it started, the boyfriend basically starts figuring out like, oh, this is like, we're fucked. Like, I don't know what to do. She's changing. Like I'm being hunted right now. Like it's starting to get bad. And as you, I'm sure you've seen the poster, anyone that kind of knows about the film, the iconic shot of the girl with the completely like mutilated body with like nails and stuff coming right. out of her hands or arms. So the homeless man and the kid go out, try to fight or stop the gangsters. And they're basically about to get fucking killed. Like these guys don't give a fuck, you know, mm-hmm. there's a great, fantastic reveal scene <laughs> where the door slowly swings open and then her head's down. And she looks up and then it, the camera goes all over her body showing every special effect. I mean, she's head to toe she has different um, scarifications, nails. Because the thing I forgot to mention, a little bit of spoiler, I'm almost done with this, but pain stops the hunger. So from her trying to want to eat people. Or right. So, so like with her ha- having her body, all these different piercings, like nails, spikes, uh, glass sticking out of her. Just anything she can do to it, retain her humanity, yeah, basically. Yeah. But she obviously becomes like a fucking monster. Not even zombie, like a legit monster. And then... She ends up going off on these dudes, and it's just, it's a great, I don't want to say it's, it's not slow burn, because a lot happens, but it's just a great story. Like, especially, like, if you've seen the first two, and then you go into this one, you're not expecting this to be like this at all. And... Because the first two are very silly. Very, very, very silly. But this is... Very scary, too, and can be serious when they need to be. There is. But, like, yeah. This is very much a horror film. There is no comedic right. elements of this really. I mean there might be a couple scenes where they say something fucking stupid or there's a couple kills that are kind of funny, but you know, it looks like it was shot in the 80s. You would never know it was a 90s horror film. Um probably because everyone that worked on it was, you know, right. 80s horror people, so a ton of great effects. The final shots, I will say the end is I'll just keep using this, but batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what happens cuz you need to see it, but beautiful special effects scene where there's a ton of stuff on the screen at once and it's just like damn like I'm just like as a kid too seeing this I'm like uh, there's a lot of different zombie types in this you know in a lot of films the same type zombie there might be different wounds and stuff but they're literally almost like some creatures in this like the government's fucked with shit in this so like it's different it's horror ton of effects as a kid, it's a great story because it's like, well, what would you do in that situation? Like, yeah. if your girlfriend, if you thought you could save your girlfriend and bring her back to life, the person that you're closest to at the time. It's like, why wouldn't you do why, it? Why, yeah. So, like, it's a very, I love the story. I love the setup. I just think it's a great film. So, you haven't seen it. I explained uh, most of it to you now and, and the audience. Well, you sold me on it, so. It, it's yeah. a good, it's, it, it, it's just such a well, like, it, I was not expecting. But then again, I saw 
part three before I saw part one or two. Well, there you go. So <laughs> there's well, a trend on Miles' list. It's, well, when you're, people don't understand, too, we talk about streaming things, that you can go on Amazon now and watch a whole fucking series in a day, like a, a film series or whatever. Yeah, but back then, back it's then, what you can get, yeah. Whatever is showing on TV or whatever the fucking video store or the store that sells shit, that's what you're getting. If they only have part four or whatever, that's what you're guess getting. you're fucking watching part four first. Like, there's no... People aren't. They don't. They didn't have even even blockbusters. Sometimes you go in there. They have like one six five. Like they. I swear to God, especially the Beale yeah. one. They wouldn't have full series stuff. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So my. What am I on? Number six. You are number six. We talked about this briefly. Um, Saw two. Oh. Is my number six. Great um, choice. So again, it could have been one of the later sequels as well. But that would require me watching the later sequels. I decided I'm just going to rewatch Saw 2 because I remember Saw 2 the most anyway. And the, re- and the reason I decided to go with this one over any of the sequels anyway, like even like you could debate which ones are better. But Saw 2 is really the one that made Saw what it is today. Agreed. And when people think about the Saw movies, like... When you're talking about Saw, like, people are like, oh, it's the, the torture porn, blah, 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 blah. The first one isn't really like that. No. Like, when people are talking about Saw, they're talking about Saw 2. Yes. For the most part. Um, and this is really, because the first one, spoiler if you haven't seen the first one, it's just the two guys in the room the whole time. It's a genius basically. film. I remember oh, yeah. seeing the first Saw, and I was, like, it. that's a film that the hype was real. It was so different than anything at the time, or the time it was in the right. mainstream, that they got to a theater. Because that was when Lionsgate was first taking... Like, they were doing a lot of home video stuff, but they finally got where they were putting shit in theaters. And what what a... What, one of the first films they put in theaters, what a fucking film to go off of. Right. Because it literally set a trend for the next five to six years. Maybe, oh, every year there was a Saw film. Right. For, well, I mean, even, like, even in horror... I think the, the tor- <laughs> quote-unquote torture porn stuff died like it's funny because saw started it and saw really ended it because by yeah. the time saw the final chapter came out there was not a lot of shit like that coming out it kind of you know it, transitioned it fizzled out yeah paranormal activity and everything like that um but yeah go ahead let's see you're talking, you're talking well, about I, there's not too much to say but like um that's another one that i have very vivid memories of like you did right, with a lot right, of yours right, right. like it was at i think it came out it was either in seventh grade or eighth grade it was one of those years I came out in Oh five, right? No, something like. I mean, yeah, because because oh oh four was their first saw, right? Pretty sure something like that. But yeah, I was a little bit older when they were coming out because that was my big thing. We'd go every opening opening day, like to right. watch them with friends. Like Jared, I think me, Jared, and Dan Lacey went like from saw either three. So saw two was two thousand five, and I, yeah, the first one was 04. I think I saw saw two by myself opening day, but then I think three and on. Pretty sure it was a tradition, at least for most of the sequels. Like me, Jared, and Dan would go every opening Friday. Right, and, and that's the that's the memory because like so yeah, I would have been in eighth grade in two thousand five. Okay, we were at the Halloween dance in junior high. <laughs> I didn't even know they had those. Yeah, and like everyone was talking about like okay after this dance we got to go to the mall and watch Saw two. Yeah, so that was yeah. that was the move. Um, the yeah. old, old Sabre Theater got Saw one. And I think they got it on a, um, I think they got it on a whim. Like, it was kind of like, oh, we need to throw something in a theater. Because I remember seeing it there. But then I remember Saw obviously exploding. And yeah, Saw 2 was at the mall. Yeah. 
Um, and yes, I mean, like, this is real. I said it already, but this is the one that most people think about when they're talking about Saw, like, as a concept, because the first one wasn't like that at all. This one has Jigsaw more as, like, a main focus. Right. Um, because he's actually in it and not a dead body in the middle of the room or whatever. Like, you see him there. Um, I mean, the story's a little cliche, I guess. I mean, it's the cop trying to get his son and, like, shit like that, but... It sets up everything for... Obviously, as Amanda, as a main character, it sets up everything for the later sequels. Like, really, like, I would say, from what I remember, sets them up pretty nicely, you know? And, like, her her character, and then you find out with her involvement, becomes such, like, a central part of the Saw franchise. Right. So, Amanda was her name, right? I, I think so, yeah. Amanda. I think it's Amanda. But, uh, I, I just pulled it off my ass. Cause yeah, I, you know, I'm, it's fine. I can remember whole films... But most names, of I can't remember a fucking bad, no, yeah. you know. And this is where obviously it establishes everything that goes on after this. Um, and you get the sense like with these people and they're all obviously they all wake up. They don't know why they're there, but they have some sort of connection. And you really I think this film more than a lot of the sequels from what I remember, you really get the sense that if these fucking people would just work together, they would be fine. They all hate hate each other so fucking much. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And this is also one where, like, you can tell, like, again, they would all be fine. Like, because, like, in later sequels, you're like, all right, even if they make the right choice or they do this or that, like, it's debatable whether they would have actually made it out of there. But this one, I like, I feel like... The rules were better in this one. Like, yes. it's definitely like, okay, if they were to do what they were supposed to do, they would have been all right. Just like the main cop or whatever, because he's in on it, too. Technically, yeah. he's not yeah. in the room with everyone, but he's getting fucked with, too. And if he would have just done, because Jigsaw's like, well, if you just wait till the timer runs out, your son will be here or whatever. And lo and behold, the tapes they were watching the entire time were recorded. It was not in real time. Right. So, like... The early Saw films were so ingenious with the way that they were set up. And that's my biggest gripe with that series, is that as they went on, they basically destroyed their own rules that they created. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't really know why, because a lot of the people that worked on the franchise worked on every film. Like, most of the directors of the later films... uh most of the, like, the films that were later were people that were producers or were screenwriters or were... You all right there, buddy? I, I will interrupt the podcast just for one moment as for a joke because my wife is in the other room and she could hear us. And apparently Mark Zuckerberg or some shit is listening to her because she texted me and said, how did this come up when you were talking about it? And it's a meme that says slaw and it's oh the saw God. hand with coleslaw in it. These fucking, the fucking world's crazy now, man. Yeah. I fucking so Siri's listening to us from the other room Fuck. and showing oh. my wife memes. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, as Fuck you were, technology. as you were saying, <laughs> uh, some of them, like you were like, well, you were kind of hanging out while I was going off and I, the traps are like, you have 10 seconds to rip this part of your arm off and do this and do this or you're fucking dead. And then the person's right. like, what? And then their face they're like, gets ripped they're off like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, like, what do you mean? Yeah, like, they're like, and they did that because obviously Jigsaw's accomplices that so they go on, they don't understand Jigsaw's vision, I guess, or they think they do. So it creates, you know, problems. But at the same time, they become almost like, I don't want to say parodies themselves, but like you said, they a lot of the games become 
almost completely unwinnable. Like just yeah. they're, the the traps are so extreme that you would have to like you'd either bleed out from doing whatever they asked you to probably before you got out for you got out out. Or you're gonna fuck. Or you're just dead. You're gonna right. Die. Exactly. There's no. And this one, they're still like pretty straightforward. I mean, like you're gonna get fucked up, but yeah. I mean, you're gonna like. They were probably you're probably gonna be maimed or scarred or something, but you were gonna survive. It was just gonna be the most traumatic experience of your fucking life, right. obviously. Because there's the one where like um, the keys like behind the guy's eyeball. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you're gonna lose your fucking eye, but you're gonna you're not gonna bleed out or anything. That's and, like, the one where they put the. That is the razor blade box too, right? Right. This is where okay. the girl and the girl falls into the thing the and needle, needles. That's that's her com- That's the combos because she was a drug addict. That's yeah. Amanda. Right. Yeah. The I that's very iconic scene because the one guy fucking just throws her into yeah. it, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the dude gets like shot through the head when he like goes through the eye hole of right, the door. Right. 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 Um, and this is the one. Yeah, the guy's in the like the gets burned in like the oven thing in this. He uh, he gets out, but like he had to get like some sort of clue. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, I feel like this one has some of the most, like, we. I haven't seen Saw 2 in probably 10 years. And I can remember basically most of what you're saying and shit like that. Right, because this, this one so. had, like, all the most iconic, like, moments in it. Um, and, yeah, it's before the series got too complicated. Like, definitely, yeah. like, all, yeah. like... Oh well, is Amanda behind this, or is it this other guy from the first movie, or is it is Jigsaw is, actually is, dead, or you know, like yeah. it, it, it starts getting and like people were saying, oh, the story is like so, like they distract you with the torture porn, but the story is like so intricate and well done, and like all this. And it was like, no, the story doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> but it's so you can tell as the as the like probably around. Saw three was good, except for I feel like it's overrated because a lot of people think that's one of the best sequels. I really fucking love Saw 4. And then you could tell by Saw 5, because Saw 5 is not good, as we talked about before, like, they're starting to lose their way for sure. Yeah. They make up for it a bit. Like, I really remember really liking Saw 6, and Saw 6 had some good stuff and good kills and good twists, but, which saved the film for me, made it, actually, I, I still think from my memory, Saw 6 is fucking great. But, uh... The story was so all over the place. Like they're, you know, they're reaching, they're grasping at anything. And then seven, seven, the final chapter, literally almost every kill is unwinnable. That's all I remember from that. Like, there's one where Chester has to, like, rip his fucking super oh, yeah. back off, do something with a key, or his friend's going to get killed. He has to do, like, ten things in literally, like, three minutes. Right. And I'm just like, I'm, I remember being in the theater. I was like, this is probably the most unwinnable fucking game yeah. we've ever done. It was a cool scene, but it was. Com- right. There was no, yeah, well, like there, I said, there, like, there's it's no not. no fucking way that anyone was ever yeah. going to fucking do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not too much else to say about it that we haven't already said. Um, it's definitely a v- product of its time with the editing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, just everything about it is very, very mid-2000s. I, I, um, I love that early 2000s, mid-2000s shit. Though. Like, I watched the the Salem's Lot miniseries in 2004 the, last weekend. I'd never seen it, and I'm, Salem's Lot is one of my favorite novels, actually. I just love it. I think it's a perfect vampire story. And I love Toby Hooper's uh, Salem's Lot. This miniseries follows the book really fucking well. I was surprised about how much shit they could get in there in like that. And like the the ending, like the ending and when things start to go off, takes a while for it to go off. But 
It's really fucking good, but it's very 2004. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and fucking Rob Lowe's the main character sometimes just does not hit. Like, he's just such a sore fucking thumb, you know? Like Yeah. But I love that look, that weird, that the color palettes that you probably fucking hate. The green and, color palette. Um, it's definitely very prevalent in all 2000s. Or cinema. blue, or that, like, bluish hue. Blue, bluish hue, or green hue. Some kind of dark hue that makes it look like you're in a shitty new metal video. Which, you haven't seen my film, but in Unlucky, we sort of did an homage to, to that. Okay. Because um, we have, like, a scene where, like, it's a, it's a comedy film, obviously, but the dude gets abducted by a cult. As soon as it goes to the cult's hideout, it's that green color. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to love it. I need to see that. It's uh, very underwhelming, but sure. <laughs> I need to see your shit, man. But I'm a horrible I, friend. Anyways. One of these, one of these, that'll be a podcast. We'll watch my shit and we'll watch your shit. It'd be a oh, hell of a, that'd be a hell of a I, show. I have a fucking feature film that was sent to me that I worked on. I have never watched yet. Hey, man, we'll, uh, we'll watch and review it on the show, it's bro. It's a, it's a horror, it's a sci-fi horror spoof. So it's meant to be very fucking corny. Like even the effects are fucking corny. Yeah. I and I was sent that like two years ago, and I still haven't watched it. I think it. we talked about that when we recorded our first podcast. I think we talked about how you just got sent it, or you were about to get sent it, or whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was it. Uh, I have another one that fucking I worked on in like 2011, and it premiered at a film festival in LA like two years ago. Oh yeah, and it won an award, and I've never. We were all supposed to get copies of it. Never. <laughs> Where's my fucking copy, bro? Yeah. I did get a. I did get this like a certificate emailed to me that I that it was an award winning award winning film. Yeah. Like okay, well, add that to your resume. Yeah, but I just want to watch want to watch the fucking thing, right? Uh, yeah, like I can't find it either. Like I'm like okay, well, is it ever gonna? It was some guy that the director was a fucking former athlete who done had had film school, had gone to film school and done stuff too. So right. it's like his career was winding. He, like he wasn't like a super famous athlete, but he was successful enough. Like yeah. I don't even know what he, if he was basketball, football, whatever. But he's, he wanted to start making, doing, you know, indie films after he's, you know, because yeah. he had some money. I mean, he had some money right. fucking burned. So yeah. uh, they hired me to fucking, I was one of five or six makeup artists and I did uh, some body bag corpses and uh, I did an old age I did a stretch and stipple old age makeup on a woman. I did the stretch and stipple, which is what they use in The Exorcist. That was where, like, Dick Smith invented it. Uh, and then the woman came in and did the actual makeup. Or she was supposed to be an old hooker. Yeah. So I really... That was my last day on set. And I really wanted... I, I couldn't stay because they were going to film until 6 a.m. Because it needed to be night. I'm doing the makeup. Like, I finished... We started doing the makeup at, like, 10 o'clock at night. In that middle of fucking nowhere above some old restaurant. Yeah. And I think I had to go, because I was in my final semester, I was going to be starting my final semester of college. I had to go to class the next morning. Yeah. So I was like. Well, yeah, I'll do this this makeup, but I got to dip. Yeah. And it was like another X amount of time to drive home too, you know? So I was like, I would like to, Fifth Dimension, I think it's called Fifth Dimension, the film. I'd like to see the Fifth Dimension. I probably never will. Uh, My favorite thing I ever worked on, the trailer that was supposed to be a film that was based after a book. Uh, which one of my exes has that book? Fuck you. Uh, but <laughs> I, hope, I hope they caught that. But uh, 7X, the director saw it as mine. He's re-edited the trailer six times. And because he, he also, of course, he also played one of the main actors in the thing, of course. Yeah. So he just keeps editing more footage of himself right. to try to resell Obviously. it. And I'm like, bro, 
I have all the stills from that, all the makeup. I do like these, these like a witch tearing in this guy's back and all this cool shit. And just keeps editing in more scenes of him running around screaming in the dark. And I'm just yeah. like, yep, yeah, just take more makeup out of this. Like, yeah. I used to have a credit on there and everything. I'm just so, I don't know, I'm going off my own shit. Anyways, anyway, let's you're, get back to You're good. Let's get back to the topic. So, we're on your number five. We made it. We're, half, ma- we're, we're halfway we're done. We're halfway done. Well, that's it for this time, you guys. I hope you enjoyed the top 10 horror sequels part one. Again, part two is coming very, very soon. Again, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribing over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget the YouTube channel. You definitely got to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And let's keep this conversation going. Make sure you tweet to me what some of your favorite horror sequels are. And again, you're not going to want to miss part two of the season finale coming very soon. So that's it, you guys. Again, I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week. So as always, stay spooky.